The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. This week, well, we don't have a damn clue what we're doing, so we just started talking and talking and talking. Kind of good at that. And eventually, we start talking about retro ad campaigns, which led us to talk about Max Headroom and Ernest P. Worrell. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so let's kick it over to Corey and Mikey, and, uh, well, <laughs> we'll get this shit show started. Hey there, how you doing? What's up? Uh, it's time for another episode of Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour, and we have no fucking clue what we're doing today. No, we're just kind of winging it, sort of. Yeah. So, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. And we're here with you. We're going to be winging it together. We're going to make it entertaining regardless. We may get distracted at times. We might. But. Yeah. But we're, we're going to be in this together. Yes. And. Hope uh, you stick with us. I hope we stick with us. I yeah. mean, it might be rough. Uh, you know, we have an idea of what we want to do, but we don't really know. It's been a busy week. It has. What's been going on in your week? Well, I went to a, we, went, we went to a concert Friday. We did? We did. What did we go see? We went and seen um, Mike. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he sent us a goddamn voicemail this week yet. Um, yeah, I, 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 the reason I didn't remember that we went and saw a concert is because I was on stage with him. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah, that, that was good. It was a uh, a mixed uh, mixed genre show. Yeah, it was pretty good. Nice enough entertainment. Uh, friends of, uh, of the show and friends of ours, uh, uh, Justin Strawstone, um... Nice enough entertainment, Omaha, Nebraska, and it was like what hip hop artists and a couple of metal bands, bands yeah. metal bands. Um, a lot of fun, yeah. It, it's fun, and all local bands and stuff. But uh, um, the uh, Smoke Break, the, the 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 Russian Leg Sweet Boys, Mike and Morgan were. Uh, on that show, and it was a, that was a fucking blast. They dude, they did fucking great. That's the first time I've seen them live. Oh really? Yeah, that was my first one, and you know, they, you know, broke my got my virgin card out of the way. You did? I did. You got in trouble um, for not having your uh, coin. I did. I did get in trouble for not having my coffin comics co- coin on me. So now I have three of them sitting next to me. So next time uh, we see Sam, we see Sam. You you can. Pop not have to your, buy a drink. Yeah, pop out your coin and I have to buy a drink. So, um... Then, you know, went to Hockey for, hockey Saturday. How was that? That was fun. It was a blast. It was actually a really good, really good um, game. Um, ended up going in overtime and the local team here, they won the, in overtime. Was it, uh... Who, who, who was it? College? or was No, it, no, it was the semi-pro. The Lancers? Lancers, yeah. Omaha Lancers. Those were always fun to go to. Those I, were a blast, dude. Back in the day. They played... Who the hell did they play? Um, they played Sioux, the Sioux Falls Stampede. Okay. 
and there was lots of fights, lots of pucks going over the over the over the wall. Well, it's a storied rivalry between the two. Um, the only one because they're they're pretty close. Close. Well, the only other one that's worse that is a worse game or a, a more violent game is them against the Lincoln Stars. Yes, and if because they're like an hour apart. Yeah, and they beat the shit out of each other. They, they we those were fun. Yeah. I uh, yeah the hockey game draw was really a good time. Before before I had ever been to a hockey game. I never wanted to go because I'm not really into sports, but See, I do like either, hockey. But I like hockey. I do like hockey, and I don't follow hockey to like say, oh, you know the the Red Wings and the Penguins are gonna have a a, a game, and I know that so and so is on this team, and this one's really good at handling the puck. I don't know all that shit. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. I go out there for the entertainment. Yeah, I don't really know all the rules. My wife enjoys it. My yeah. daughter enjoys it. Yeah, we just had a we just had a good time. Yeah, and that's that's what it's all about. Just getting out and having fun. I never wanted to go though because I thought that it was going to be like below zero. Oh, inside the arena. Inside the arena, and it is cold. It's yeah, it's chilly, but it's not as cold as you think it would be. Yeah, it's, I was thinking like, okay, it's it, the ice can't melt, so it's going to be like you're going to be in there just seeing yeah. your breath and below zero, freezing your ass off. A lot of a lot of hot moms too. I'm sure. A lot of hot moms in the audience. Yeah. Well, and it's usually kind of a rowdy crowd, which is fun. The, the people in front of us, they were drunk. They're probably in their mid twenties, early twenties, oh, shit. And they were drunk, but they weren't. They weren't like obnoxious drunk. They were entertaining, entertaining, fun drunk. That's good because it's very easy to uh, find a fight in a hockey game. Oh yeah, dude. Sometimes, sometimes there's a fight going on, and then they play a little hockey in between. Yeah, you know, but. Uh, yeah, you know, hockey games are cool. So you, hockey and and uh, and music. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I also was at the music. We, we went and sang karaoke afterwards. We did. You did. Well, I I sang. Yeah. Um. Everybody thought that they knew me because of my attire. Yeah, I don't know. That lady was lady was thinking something. I think she was hitting on me. I honestly think she was, but. I don't know when people are hitting on me, so I either go That's to one extreme or the other. I either think that everyone is hitting on me, or I think that they're not. You know, I don't pick up on the fact that they are. Yeah. And that particular evening, I kind of questioned it, and so I just went with the fact that I didn't think she was. But I had been telling a story that involved dancing, and so I was dancing in my chair. Oh, yeah. That's and what she, she came said. up, and she said, I saw you over here dancing, and... It was really entertaining, but I haven't seen you do it since. And I'm like, like what? I was telling a story. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I didn't even click with me. I'm like, she said she saw me dancing in my chair, and then she hadn't seen me do it since. Yeah. Oh, because the fucking story was over. It, yeah. But I was wearing a suit. And for whatever reason, you know, maybe... I was wearing a suit and my yellow glasses and, uh, and a hat. <laughs> and she was like, like a like a... Flat build cap. Yeah. You look you look nice. Well thank you. Look like you're going to a funeral. Well, uh everybody said I look like uh I, a lot of people at the venue, at the concert venue, told me I look scary. And I don't know why when I put a suit on people think I look scary, but it I look kinda like a hitman. Yeah. You know? With the with the tattoos and the piercings and the you know, the facial hair and all that. They I look kinda like a hitman. 
A lot of people ask me if I was in the Mafia. Which I, I can see. I can see. You kind of look like Kane Hodder in a suit. Okay, yeah. It just doesn't look right, but... But it's intimidating. Yeah. And that's what, you know, it's like, you're here to do something pretty fucking serious, but you look kind of scary. Yeah. I get it, I guess. I mean, I'll take it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what, the, I think she was, I think that lady was hitting on me. See, that's why I don't wear a suit, because people think I'm intimidated already. Well, me too. When we're together, they think we're intimidating, which is awesome. I should get a suit. You should get a suit. We I look goofy in suits, though, man. Get, I just don't feel comfortable in a get suit. Get a suit that looks like mine, and we can we can match, and then they'll think we're like a, a, a team. What, like fucking Tom Cruise and fucking, what's his name from Rain Man? You're Tom Cruise, because I fucking hate Tom Cruise. Hey, let's do a Tom Cruise break, fucker. Take a big step back. And literally, fuck your own face! There you go. There was a Tom Cruise break. You manifested that motherfucker. I did. Okay, more like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Hey, let's do a Danny DeVito break. Fuck yes. Where's the rum ham? There you go, Danny DeVito. That's a good one there. Fuck it, let's do Arnold Schwarzenegger too. Let's, let's do it. This is the chopper! Okay, there you go. I got all the good ones out of the way. Yeah, we're getting some, getting some breaks in there. Some good breaks. Yeah. So... Uh, last night, I went and watched the uh, Royal Rumble uh, over at uh, Mike Fantastic's house. As we have it on in the silence. Yeah, it's, it's on the background. It, Corey didn't get to watch it, so he's watching it, but boy, was it a fucking stinker. That's what you, that's what you guys keep saying. I mean, yeah. The first match was good. And, and, and the, the, this, the scene right now is pretty good. Yeah, the uh, the ladies' uh, Royal Rumble match was decent. The rest of it was just, I mean, we, we were... So much jiggling going on. <laughs> we we were complaining, <laughs> but we were complaining pretty bad about what uh, what the company had provided us to watch. I was so glad that the days of paying fifty dollars for pay per view are over. Yeah, because boy, would I have been pissed. Oh, dude. <laughs> I quit buying them years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of glad that they came out where you pay a monthly subscription fee and got them all. Yeah, because. In your, you know, you pay nine ninety nine a month, and you got every pay per view. But then they got rid of it. Well, they got rid of it, but it's they still give, they give it to Paramount. Yeah, not Paramount, but Peacock. Peacock. And so now we watch our, uh, we watch our pay per views. They don't even call them pay per views anymore. No, they're premium live events. Premium live events. We watch them on the cock. So. <laughs> That's the slang. That's the sl- That's what the kids call it. I'm not watching it on my cock. That's what the kids call it. I'm gonna watch it on my cocks. You know, your cocks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, my shows are so big, I have to use multiple. You gotta borrow them, or I do. Line them up. I heard everybody stand right here. <laughs> line up, boys. I need to watch some. I need to watch some wrestling. That's a rumble cocky right there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so. Uh, we did not get a voicemail yeah. from our OnlyFan, Mike Fantastic. Uh, so I'm sure that he will... Uh, there, is, there is one on there, though. Oh, oh, there is. Yeah. Let me go get that real quick. Marshmallows. Mm, marshmallows. And, uh, well, there was our voicemail. That Was that you? That was me. So you... 
You called us. I did, because I really just wanted to say, marshmallows. And you wanted to say it into your phone? Yes. Well, at least you didn't fart into your phone. Well, you know why? You know why I called? Why is it? Because I was on our Facebook page. Yeah? And I just happened, I was like, shit, there's our phone number. It's right there. If you're not on our Facebook page, why not? A, why not? Yeah. B, here is our phone number. It is 669-B-RETRO, B-E-R-E-T-R-O. Or grab yourself a pencil and some paper, a crayon, pen, whatever you write with. It is 669-237-3876. Or you can leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page. Yeah. You can just, and that's what that's what uh, Mike Fantastic does. Mike Fantastic leaves them on uh, on our anchor page, or if you just want to email us, we will read your emails. If you have a question, comment, suggestion, whatever, and that is uh, retropowerhour at gmail That is retropowerhour at gmail and, and I got that right too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. We're we're just, we're fucking rocking on this shit. So. There's our that's our voicemail segment. Yeah, we did good on that. We did, yeah, we did pretty good on that. We're know? getting better at this. Yeah, even if we have to leave them for ourselves, we will. Yes, we just will fucking do it. So we were kind of thinking, and we have a few things we want to talk about, but none of it is really a full show's worth of stuff. So we're gonna kind of combine it. It all has a common theme. It does somewhat. Back. It seems like more so back in the 80s and 90s, there were huge like campaigns for advertising. Yeah. And there were t- different tie-ins. And there were huge, bigger endorsements. Bigger endorsements, or they would create a, a gimmick or create a character to endorse their, their item. Now, later on, we're, we're going to talk about you know, the character, a couple of characters that were created that just fucking took off. Yeah. But they, they did a lot of shit with, with both of them, actually. But uh, to start out with, we just kind of want to, uh, we kind of want to discuss maybe some ad campaigns. One of them that I remember, and they, th- this was brilliant because they tied it in with the schools. And. Oh, Yeah. I love this one. Dude, I fucking love this one. So, Book It. Yep. Book It was with Pizza Hut. That was awesome. I, dude, I love it. That was the only Book time it. I ever read. It was when I would get a free pizza. <laughs> when you get pizza? Yeah. Like, uh, I can, I'd have to read five books to get uh, my own personal pizza and a pop. Hell yeah. yeah. And you fucking thought, I mean, first off, the button was cool. I think I still have my button somewhere at home. The Book It pin? Yeah, you got the, the Book It pin. Yep. And then you would turn in your little form to the teacher every week yep. and they give you a sticker. And after, I mean, it took you like four or five weeks to get your sticker, but about once a month, yeah, you, you could get a pizza, which was about right. Because back then you didn't go to the restaurants. We've talked about this before. You didn't go to the restaurants every week. No. Or every like maybe day. Once a month. You might go once a week. Maybe. But typically it was, uh, it was, you know, once every couple of weeks or once a month, you'd go out to eat. So, with that, 
you get this free pizza if you read five books. Yep. I wish I still did that shit. And they give you a little star sticker, and you put your stickers on there, but then they give you that little coupon, and you take it in. Now, I remember the coupons. And that's they, what that's when we were doing that. That's when Pizza Hut was uh, ad also giving away or advertising. I remember the uh, they had the the Back of the Future glasses. Sunglasses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The sunglasses. Yep. yep. So they would bring you a personal pan pizza in a like fresh from the oven cast iron pan. Oh, yeah, things were so hot, dude. I mean, you you could bird the shit out of yourself with those. They bring you a, a glass of soda in that red. Yep. How, how many of those red glasses did you guys steal? Oh, we had a we had a good set of them. Oh uh, yeah, like like you you. And had then a, they had that in the pitcher. The, I think the pitcher was red too. Yeah, they did. They had like red pitchers. Yep. We used to snag those glasses on a regular basis because they were just fucking cool glasses. They were the perfect size. You could you know you could get a bunch of ice and a can of soda in them. Yep. Um. Yeah, they were they those were awesome. Like indestructible. Right. Now, book it. I thought book it was brilliant because you, you know, encouraged reading. Yeah. I was a big reader back in the day. Uh, it encouraged reading, and rewarded you with greasy ass pizza. You know what? Now, dude, my kids, they get Pizza Hut once a week at school. Well, yeah. Anymore, it's it's not anything special. Back then, it was fucking special. You know you. You got that personal pizza, and you were like, "Hell yes! Yep. It's my pizza. I got me a got me a fucking soda. I got me a dollar's worth of quarters. I'm going to play Miss Pac Man. Oh yeah, because they always had cool video games. They did. They they didn't have a lot. No, but they had a couple. They had like the, they had the tabletops. Yep. And they had the actual arcade games. Yeah, they would have two or three. I always remember playing Pac like Miss Pac Man would be one. Um, Miss Pac-Man would be one of them. Uh, Donkey Kong, uh, uh, Galaga. Galaga. Uh, I remember playing the original Space Invaders. Space Invaders would be there. Uh, I remember playing the original Mario Brothers at Pizza Hut. Um, but yeah, they always had really good, you know, good video games. You were like on top of the world. Fuck yes. That was like the best it ever was. When when you could fucking, you know, go there and just be the fucking king of, of Pizza Hut. Hell yeah. You and every other kid in your class. But you never went together. No. No, I remember there was a thing like if your class hit a goal, Pizza Hut would give you a pizza party. Yeah. Yeah, we never got that. Because I, we, I think we may have, but it wasn't for me. I honestly do not remember. Like It was like if 80% of your class hit their goal for like six months in a row or something. Yeah, we never fucking did that. <laughs> like, like Charlotte's class gets shit like that. Yeah, well, they, they reach their goals like all the time. If kids are into it and willing to put in the work, yeah. But there was no way, you know. They, my class wasn't doing that shit. No, I only had like thirty kids in my class. Well, it's because the kids, our kids, leave them all my kids, and they're they're great. They're all good kids. We were bad kids. Yeah, yeah, we had other like shit. Like I just said, man, I, I didn't read unless I was getting free pizza. So right. And that, I and mean, then I really didn't read that way. I, you know, I just had my mom sign off on it. <laughs> I actually read the shit. <laughs> but like, we need you to read books. No, I'm reading this comic book. Yeah, and that should have counted because it was still reading. Yeah. But do you remember? Okay, we'll start. We'll start with it. We're talking soda, so we'll start with some soda stuff. Do you remember the Pepsi Cool Cans? Oh yeah. And so it, this was in 1990. 
And they had these really cool fucking cans. It was over a summer. Yep. Like the summer of 1990. Pepsi Cool. Pepsi Cool cans. And like one of them had like uh, uh, sunglasses on it. Um, what was it? One had sunglasses. One had uh, confetti all over it. One I think was a... Um, one, I think one looked like the Saved by the Bell yep. screen. I think there was one with fireworks on it. Yeah, they had different ones. Well, there was one that had like neon. Like neon tubes. Yep, I remember that one. Well, there was a... Did you know there was a controversy over that? No. There was. Uh, they thought that the uh, the one with neon on it, when you stacked one on top of the other, it said sex. And you can see this picture right here. S-E-X. See it? S-E-X. Well, that's just poor design. Well, they, they, they said that it was a hidden message, but you had to have two cans and stack them just right. And Pepsi said, no, we didn't, we didn't do that. They must have hired the guy from Disney that did the Little Mermaid. Right? It was put the bone around. Yeah, in Aladdin. I was actually just talking to somebody about that this morning. They said they had that Little Mermaid cover, and they gave it away to somebody. I used to have that shit, too. But what Pepsi said is, I guess if you look at the clouds in the sky hard enough, you could see images and messages that other people don't see. Yeah. And another guy said, oh, that's just pure coincidence. But that is ultimately what made them stop with that campaign. That's just dumb. What is that? They, they, just, they discontinued well, it. Well, it's because it was the early 90s, and everything was not as sensitive as it is today. Right. But it was the beginning of PC. Yeah. Well, that campaign increased Pepsi sales by 20%, and they had to stop it because of that stupid shit. Do you remember who their spokesman was for that campaign? Michael Jackson? No. Well, that was something else. Oh. Young MC. Oh, yeah. That's right. Young MC was their spokesman for that. And he had a little rap. And I'll play the little rap in the in the, the uh, break because it was fun. I remember. I don't remember the rap, but I remember. The, yeah, he I was remember, he was their yeah. spokesman. Now, since you mentioned it, they also had Michael Jackson was one of their. He was their spokesperson in the 80s. In the 80s. And it was all, it was all of them because it was when. He reunited with his brothers. Yep. And they had the Jacksons. And they it was the Jacksons uh, Triumph, I believe it was called. Triumph Tour. Yeah. And they had hidden one of Michael Jackson's gloves in a can of Pepsi. Oh, shit. And the rumor is that it was never found. They ne- nobody ever found it. But it was a special Jacksons uh, can. Triumph. Was it Triumph? Was it... I don't remember what the, what the fucking. That was like early '80s, so I wouldn't remember. Yeah, that. I don't remember what the uh, the tour was, but um, they had a kid. It was right after his Thriller album. Yeah, it, yeah, it was shortly. After, it was between Thriller and Bad, and the cans were designed. They like had a picture of Michael Jackson on them, and the back of like his silhouette, and then the back of them had all the autographs from yeah. all the Jacksons on it. And in one of those cans, supposedly, was a, a glove hidden. I don't remember anybody. I don't remember any stories that they never found it. Well, that's that's one of those things where they they say something like this is out there, but it never nobody. It's like it's like playing Monopoly at McDonald's. Yes, nobody ever gets the big big prizes. Well, the thing with these the the cans themselves became collector's items. Yeah, and people were collecting them, 
it's believed that there is a can out there somewhere in someone's collection that has it. But nobody wants to open their can because they're worth money. Yeah. So it's still just a can of soda. Right. Well, it's not even a can of soda anymore because the soda dries out. It's all dried up, yeah. I had, I don't know how many of those damn cool cans, like, I would drink the soda and then I would save the can, wash it out and save it. Yeah. So I had just like all these fucking cool cans of soda on my, my headboard on I my had water a, bed. I had a bunch of Star Wars ones from Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember those. When, when the uh, Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. And I was at my mom's house a while back, and they were in a closet still. Oh, really? And I was just like, nothing was in it. They're not open, though. No. They're still, we're not unopened, I think they're still worth something. Are they? I just, yeah. I was like, you know what, fuck, they're just pop cans. I tossed them out. Oh. <laughs> I, might, I, I, don't, I think I tossed them out. They might still be in there. I'm not sure. But do you remember what happened to Michael Jackson during this ad campaign? No. They filmed a huge Super Bowl ad. And it was concert footage of him and his brothers. Oh, no shit. And during the filming of that ad, they filmed two of them. One was, they well, they filmed several of them. Because uh, the ones leading up to the Super Bowl were Michael Jackson and his brothers walking down the street. Yeah. And a young man that looked like Michael Jackson was dancing on the street. Oh, and they uh, bump uh, into his each name? Other. Alphonse. Alfonso. Yeah. Uh, uh, with the, from the French print. French yeah. Print. Carlton. Young yeah. Carlton. What the hell is his last name? Alfonso R- Roberto? Oh, we'll go with that. I think it's Alfonso Roberto. Um, I don't honestly remember his last name. He's a host on a game show now. I think he, what is he, what host is he showing? Uh, it's a 21 game on Game oh. Show Network. He's fucking funny, though. Yeah, he is. But he was, that's how he got his big break was. That he was, was that commercial. Yeah, he was the little Michael Jackson. That, well, he did that, and then he was on Silver Spoons. Yes, he was. With young Ricky Schroeder. Yes. During the recording of the concert footage for this Michael Jackson commercial for the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was walking down a, like a set of stairs on the stage and fireworks were going off. And Did he catch on fire? He caught on fire. His hair caught on fire. Oh, shit. I was just kidding. Yeah, no, his hair caught on fire. And it was a big, I mean, it was a big deal. I remember seeing the pictures of him. They were like... Had him on a, the, the the stretcher hauling him out, and they had him all wrapped up. But he insisted that he had his gloved hand out, so that as they wheeled him by, I remember this. They wheeled him out in front of the uh, the photographers. Yeah, he gave a thumbs up with his his gloved hand. But he was all in his sparkly jacket and his sparkly glove and all that. But yeah, he uh, he he got on fire, and that was a huge huge deal. But. Uh, and that, that one wasn't even on my list. I, I totally spaced that until just now. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and, I mean, I was a big fan. Of course, Thriller, he was like at the, the highest point of his career ever. At Thriller. Th- at, I'd say Thriller and Bad. Yeah, he he was, Thriller was the, his, I think, his biggest moment. Well, he, he wrote his own shit. Yeah. And you got these, these artists now, they don't write their own shit at all. No. So, I mean, the guy would, he was just coming out with amazing music. I... I know that not every song on Thriller was a single. No. But damn near. Damn near every one at least got radio play. Yeah. And, yeah, he uh, he got burned up, and it was, a, it was a major thing. It was like, oh, fuck, you know, Michael Jackson's hurt. You know, it was a major deal. But he recovered. He's a heel. He's okay. The king of pop recovered. He did. He recovered. 
And he was the king of, of soda pop as well. He was. He was the king of soda pop. Now, while all this is going on with Pepsi, Coke had a, a uh, little ad campaign they were doing. And this was in, in 1990. Uh, do you remember the magic cans? Oh, yeah. The talking magic cans? Yeah. And I have one upstairs. No, 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 not that thing. That's a dancing can. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, when you open it up, it's either sang to you. Yes. Or it didn't. If it sang to you, you won. It, it would it would talk to you if you won. You open it up and it would go, hey, you won. And money would pop out. I'd still be pissed because like, where's my fucking soda? Yeah, but that you couldn't tell if you had the, the can because it was full of, of just like water. Yeah. But there was a little thing in there that you open it up and the, this money would pop out. And it'd be like you won, and and it might be a dollar, it might be a hundred dollars. So I think I think you'd probably oh, well, let's. You know, see. I never won anything like that. The only time everything I ever got was like a free pop, because I would look underneath the caps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd be like looking. Oh, that was a big deal back in the day too. The the caps that had like the writing on them. I still do that, dude. I open them up and I'm like. Yeah, I, I'd have it. I I would look. Yeah, I mean, and the, most of the time now it's a code. Yeah. To get something stupid, but. But okay, so some some of the cans had cash prices or gift certificates. They had they were spring loaded to pop out of the opening once the can was opened. So the prize would be money from one dollar to five hundred dollars. That's back when there was a five hundred dollar bill that was oh yeah around. I mean, I saw a few of them. Um, I have three kids, man. I've never seen a five hundred dollar bill. You've never seen five hundred dollars in one place. No, but there usually gets spent somewhere and it's never actually cash. But yeah, there was a five hundred dollar bill. Or there would be coupons redeemable for trips or merchandise. The total giveaway of cash and prizes, they had a budget of $4 million. How much did they give away? Um, $6.32. I know people that won like 100 bucks out of them. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, The original plan was to randomly distribute 750,000 Magic Cans among the 200 million cans of Coca-Cola Classic. In circulation. And to make the cans feel and way normal and prevent people from easily finding the cash prizes. You got friends that were here they got that shit? Yeah. Because we got Pep- we got Pepsi stuff here. We got a, Pe- or a Pepsi factory here. Yeah, no, it, it was... But yeah, not Coke. It, yeah, they no, they, they got it here. Um, to, to make it for people could easily find it, a sealed area within the cans was filled with a mixture of chlorinated water and a foul-smelling substance to discourage drinking. Although it was an initially a great success, it led to a rise in sales. Technical difficulties led to the promotion's early termination. Of course. So, the um, the reason that it was terminated is because the cans were faulty. Oh, no shit. Yeah. They wouldn't actually pop open? Yeah, they, they wouldn't pop open. So, they ended it after three weeks because of negative publicity. Oh, fuck. Regarding the faulty cans. I mean, how do you think they, they recover off of this? Like, they spend so much money to get this thing running, and then you've got all these faulty cans still in warehouses. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they... I mean, uh, is that, would that be considered like a tax write-off? or You would think that there would be some kind of insurance that they could take out yeah. on that. Um, but yeah, it was a, they, they had faulty cans. And people, I know a lot of people were afraid that they were going to get it in their mouth. Like the the, they, the, the the money, yeah. 
Uh, there was I remember a lot of of bullshit going over, you know, going around about about the magic hands. Two, uh, they they everybody said that there was like uh, an issue, a safety issue. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? The same thing happened with Willy Wonka and the chocolate bars, dude. Yeah. You take a bite of that thing, you're gonna choke on that golden ticket. Yep. Well, the decision in the campaign probably made the chocolate taste funny. <laughs> well, it was gold. It was gold, yeah. They, the, the, they had uh, like kinda a like, last kinda ditch. Like kind of like those funny tasting Hershey's Kisses. Yeah. I've, I've heard about those. Um, Smell funny. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, they had a campaign that they called... Take a good look. It was an advertising series. Look inside your can. And they released ads telling consumers that there were only a few prize cans left on the market and they would be going, going, gone by mid-June. That's when they estimated that all the cans would be purchased and off the shelves. Yeah. So at the time of termination, 200,000 of the 75,000, 750,000, 200,000 of the 750,000 promotional cans had been distributed and accounted for. Wow. There were they were confident. They were largely confident that there were no safety issues. But the final advertising spot showed the new kids on the block. I remember this. And then Jordan Knight would say he would like do a voiceover and say, "If you have a winning can, don't drink the liquid." Cuz people they still want their soda. Yeah, you know. I remember that stupid shit. So, what was the liquid made of again? Uh, it was uh, chlorinated. Did they say chlorine. I thought it said chlorinated. Let me let me look again here. It was chlorinated water, so it had chlor- chlorine in it, so it wouldn't go bad. Chlorinated water. It's just like drinking pool water without any piss in it. And a foul-smelling substance, so it might have had piss in it. That's even worse. <laughs> But, oh, so it's just normal then. Actually, it wouldn't be worse. That's normal. If you drink pool water, that's just normal. Yeah. Uh, that It was in conjunction with the the New Kids on the Block Magic Summer Tour. That's why they did it. And they also had magic cups that were paper cups with peel-off prizes. Yeah. At fast food restaurants. But I remember those. We used to steal those at Taco Bell when I worked there. Yes, and you'd peel them off. Yeah. Yeah. And so they they did this this campaign with Jordan Knight saying don't drink the liquid. Well, Pepsi also had their cool cans at the same time, and on the cool cans they had soda in them. Yeah. On the bottom, you'd have to look in there, and there could be a printed number that would correspond with a prize. Now Pepsi's prizes were twenty five dollars to twenty thousand dollars. Yep. You'd have to call a toll free number. And see if you won. And then that fell to the uh, subliminal sex message. And they didn't do it. Uh, Coke tried later. They did a Monsters of the Gridiron Halloween theme promotion. Those were awesome because they did right. that with Dorito. Yep. Or was that, that was Pepsi, I it thought. Was, uh, it was Coke. Coca-Cola. Was Coke? Yeah. Where people could call a toll-free number and enter a code, which a recording from an NFL star would tell them whether or not they had won. Now, let's talk about the, there was a Universal Monsters one. 
Yeah, that was that was Pepsi. That was Pepsi and Doritos. Yeah, Pepsi and Doritos. Uh, because we talked about that in one of our old episodes. Yeah, yeah, we did. We mentioned that. Um, this uh, they were they were good at the damage control thing. Yeah, because years earlier, they had a, a Coke had another fiasco with New Coke, and we're going to talk about that later because New Coke surrounds one of the folks we want to speak about. Was there a wardrobe malfunction? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, not with New Coke. I wish there was one on here. <laughs> uh, that'd make my that'd make my rumble. There was a urban legend a rumble in the face. nineteen in the nineteen nineties and into the two thousands that a child had died after drinking the liquid from one of the magic hands. Uh, it has been proven false, but where it came from is. A boy was taken to the hospital as a precaution because his mother found the uh, magic can. Yeah. And thought that perhaps someone had tampered with the product. Oh. So. Now That's we, a paranoid mom. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw that a lot back then. You know, they'd, they'd freak out because there was a rash of people fucking with products, which led to all the tamper-resistant packaging and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, there, I mean, there were there were always... Like when they changed the uh, a color on the M&M's, they, I can't remember what color, everybody said, oh, those are poison. Oh, the green ones. Yeah, the green... And then later the red ones. And I think maybe the blue ones. Peter was like, nope, that's poison. Yep. You, you, know, you, can't, you can't take those. You can't, you can't eat those. Eat, you can't eat the yellow dye number five. Yeah, whatever it was. And or the red, the red, red, red six. Red, yeah, it was like, you can't eat that. Red dye number six is poisonous and it'll give you herpes and diarrhea. Herpes and diarrhea? At the same time. That would be horrible. And the, coming out of the same spot, too. Oh, fuck. Blood herpes. Ass herpes. Or like space herpes? <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> So we mentioned... That's where, uh, no, you get those from Space Peanuts. Space Peanuts? Yep. What the fuck's a Space Peanut? Technically, it's a frozen turd. Oh, my dog eats those. <laughs> she does. She'll fucking look you right in the eye. Yeah. She'll go out and you'll say, no. Because <laughs> I go out and sit you say with she'll her. lick you in the eye or look you in the no, eye? No, she'll look you in the eye. If she licks you in the eye, you get pink eye. Yeah, don't let that happen. But, no, I'll go out and sit with her. I'll put her out and if it's nice, I'll go sit with her. And I'll be sitting there, and I'll look over, and she'll be sniffing. And I'll be like, Tessie, don't eat shit. She's and like that. I'm eating my food. She'll look right at you. I mean, not even break eye contact. Lower her head down, pick it up, and she'll hold it like a fucking cigar. That's funny. And just sit there, and then slowly eat it. And it's like, ah, damn it, you know. Gross. And you dude. can't, you can't get, you know, you can't get to her fast enough because if you start running over to take it away from her, she'll just chomp it down real quick. Is it's your like, dog German by chance? I don't think so. Okay, I'm just checking. The German Scheiße videos? Yes. I'm just checking. <laughs> I learned about those on... Uh, on uh, uh, South Park. Yep. Yeah. We mentioned... Changing subject. Yeah. <laughs> we hadn't talked about shit yet. So. We haven't talked about shit in a while. I know. So... We've matured. No, we haven't. Not really. We just haven't remembered to talk about poop. Um, We've had other shit to talk about. Uh, other than shit. Yeah. So, I mentioned that uh, Young MC was the Pepsi spokesman for the... Uh, he busted a move. Yes, he did. He had a, a nice little um, rap that he did for the Magic Cans. 
Uh, we mentioned Michael Jackson and the, yep. the Jackson brothers were uh, for Pepsi. There were other um, hip-hop artists that partnered with Soda. I seen Michael Jackson drink a Coke once. I'm sure he did. I like Pepsi over Coke, personally. You know, when I was drinking soda, I didn't care. I, I never was one or the other. Okay, here's the big... Before we get into this, do you remember the Pepsi Challenge? Oh, yeah. The, they would have it, like, at county fairs and, and like, big... I Like, I remember... Uh, I remember the Pepsi Challenge. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Because pe- I never actually did it. I did. It was big in California. I did a few times. Um, the Pepsi Challenge was... They would give you, in just a little Dixie cup, they would give you like a, a shot of Pepsi and a shot of Coke. Yeah. And you would drink both of them, and then you'd say, that one's Pepsi. And it was like, it was basically, it was a mass blind taste test to see if you could actually tell the difference. You can. Yes. Coke has more of a burn yep. when you drink it. Pepsi is sweeter and smoother. Coke also cleans off car batteries. Yeah, and... And uh, eats, eats steak. Yeah, you uh, you ever had a steak tenderized into Coke? Yes. Oh, my God, it's super tender. And if you leave it in there, it'll eat... It will eat. It'll eat the whole thing. Yeah, it'll eat the whole a, damn like thing. Like a day or two. Um, Maybe a month, I don't know. It doesn't take long. So, other... Well, that, the, the Pepsi Challenge was, was huge. It, was, it went on for a long time. And my dad my dad was always... Every time that, that, uh, that you would see the Pepsi Challenge, my dad's like... Let's go! Come on, let's go! And it's like, oh no, shit! Yeah, because they would give you the 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 taste test, and if you got it right, they'd give you a bottle of Coke. Oh, nice! Or a bottle of Pepsi. Obviously, Pepsi. They wouldn't give you a bottle of Coke. Um, they give you a bottle of Pepsi, you know, or or a can of Pepsi, whatever. Yeah. Usually, it was it was when glass bottles were still around. And I missed the glass bottles. They weren't the big like Coke had the big fancy glass bottles. You can still get those, um, and they have. Cane sugar in them. Yep. They, they, they're known as Mexican Coke. Yeah, that's the Mexican Coke. Yeah. Because yeah, my kid gets those. It's actually, it's, actually, it's from Mexico. Um, so they were the, do you remember the little short glass bottles that they had? And they had like a styrofoam label on them. Yeah. That was really fun to peel off. And oh, yeah. Fucking mess everywhere. Those are the best ones. Yeah. They, that's what they would give you. It'd be a little glass bottle of Coke. They'd go, here you go. Or Pepsi is what they'd give you. It's Pepsi Challenge. But... <laughs> this is a Pepsi challenge. You got it right. Here's a Coke. Yeah, I don't want Coke. Coke. I want Pepsi. Yeah, I, I, why would Pepsi give you a fucking Coke? Now, can you tell me which one of these is Pepsi? Which one of these is Coke? Well, this one tastes like piss. Yep. Well, that must be the Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. That was the wrong bottle. <laughs> that, was, that was our bottle from uh, from Sorry. Over here. <laughs> that was my pee bottle. <laughs> so, other hip-hop artists had... Endorsement deals with soda. Uh, Young MC was one of the first. Kid and Play. Kid and Play did Sprite. They did Sprite, and that was in uh, that w- that was right around the time that uh, House Party came out. The movie House yep. Party. Yeah, uh, that came out in 1990. So in 91, they put him in a Sprite commercial. Uh, MC Hammer was the Pepsi spokesperson. Uh, Still the best ones. Mike or was Michael Jackson. I don't give a shit anybody says. Well, the, and they had a big campaign of, it was during when You Can't Touch This came out. Yeah. In 1990. And it was basically a big fuck you to Coke, You Can't Touch This. Well, they the, the commercial showed what would happen to MC Hammer's voice if he drank a Coke. Oh, wasn't it a little scratchy? And yeah, it was all fucked up. Yeah. They fucked him up. Um, crisscross, hip-hop duo Crisscross. Yep. They were with Sprite. Um, 
and that that was in like ninety two because that's, that's when, when they big. came out. That's the only time they were big. Yeah, I uh, and it made you want to jump. They did jump, and jump. You you they wore their clothing backwards. Justin did that. I'm sure he did. Dude, he was all he was always super trendy when we were kids. <laughs> so he was throwing his clothes on backwards. Oh, he he wears his coveralls on backwards. His little bibbies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there were others. Uh, Tyrese had a Coke commercial. Tyrese is a rapper? Yeah. I just known him as an actor. Yeah. It, it, that was back in uh, in 98. Yeah, Tyrese. He I had, like Tyrese. He had a single called Nobody Else. Nobody Else has a mouth like Tyrese. KRS-One. I don't know who that is. He, uh, KRS-One and MC uh, Sean. He, I know uh, MC Light. No, that wasn't. But they, uh, MC Puff and stuff. They had like a, a feud, kind of a little hip hop feud, and so Sprite took advantage of that, and put them both in a commercial. Uh, LL Cool J, he did Coke. LL Cool J, yeah, he was Coke. And uh, the guy's got the shiniest lips in the business. LL Cool J is a badass. He is cool. I, I like it. He is. He's cool. His He's, mama told him to knock everybody out. Yeah. Well, that LL Cool J had released a song called Daddy's Little Girl. Yeah. So the commercial was him trying to braid his daughter's hair as he drank a Coke. It was you know, a cute little commercial because he was known as a badass because uh, mama said knock you out and all that. Yeah. And he was a huge sex symbol. Then they showed like his softer side with this song that was a little more of a tender song. Yeah. Um, Missy Elliott did Sprite. I remember that one. Uh, let me see who else of of note here. Buster Rhymes did Mountain Dew. Yep. And he it was the, during their Do the Do campaign, so they got Buster Rhymes so that he could make the catchphrase cool. By I guess by by shouting it or something. Do the do. Yeah, he he shouted. You know what? Slayer sponsored Jack Daniels. Oh, I'm sure that actually they just drink Jack Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like any, I don't think they sponsored anybody. Any metal band could could probably uh, do rum. Yeah, do some sort of rum and beer. Some, some sort of whiskey. Or... But you never see that though. You never see bands doing that. Like when Metallica was they were when they were drinking before they sobered up, they could have been. Sponsoring Bud Light. Yeah. Well, uh, there there were some bands that did it, but it wasn't as prevalent. No. Um, like country singers, you know, they could all... Oh, yeah, they could all do beer. Beer and, and whiskey. Now, well, for, for years, though, you there was a while that you could have alcohol and cigarettes on TV. And then they cut, they cut that they shit out. They got rid of that with, when they said kids were... Thinking that Joe Camel was a cartoon. Yes. Because I, I remember when they had the sign down on 72nd and Dodge. They had the Camel cigarette sign. Uh-huh. It was there forever. And then after that shit went down, it was gone. Well, Joe Camel. Now, we, we can talk about this. For those one. of you that aren't old enough and don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Joe Camel was the sponsor, or was the spokesperson for Camel cigarettes. And he was a uh, an, a cartoon. He was just a... a, a Animated. I never saw any ads for him. He was just in print. I no, never they saw had, they had him ads. on. They had him on TV ads. Did they? I never. I don't he remember. Was, he was animated, but you know, he was always like driving a car, or riding, or riding a motorcycle, or doing something extreme. 
And but but he'd always have a cigarette in his hand or in his yeah. mouth. And Joe Camel was uh, he wore sunglasses. Mm-hmm. He was a cool character that smoked. Now, Camel, all I think Camel did this. Um, Marlboro, I know, did this. Uh, they had coupons where you could camel bucks. Get, yeah, camel bucks, and you get the t-shirts and shit. Yep. Because I remember, yeah, the camel bucks and, and the Marlboro the miles. Yeah, we, we, we a lot of kids had the camel t-shirts that yep. they wear to school, and that shit got shot down real quick. Uh, and the Marlboro miles where you could get cool shit, but you had to keep part of the cart or the pack. Yeah, you had to keep the little the little pack, or like the camels, they actually had a little coupon that came with it. Yeah, it was a it, was, it looked like a little mighty dollar bill with Joe Camel Joe Camel's face on. It. Yeah. And you could turn it in for merchandise, and you had to get like thousands of them. Yeah, and I think to get anything cool, we've we've talked about the Marlboro Miles before. Like you could get jackets and shit. And my dad smoked at the time. We we saved those things up. He smoked way back in the day. He smoked Raleigh cigarettes. Oh no shit! And Raleigh cigarettes had Raleigh bucks. Yeah, and you could you could get shit. I don't remember him. He I remember he saved them. Might still be somewhere around the house somewhere in a collection of his, but. I don't remember him ever getting anything with his rally mouse, but camel, fuck, you get all kinds of shit. You get lighters, you could get, you get everything, all kinds of shit. Like they had, yeah, or they had kayaks. And yeah, had, like if you had like a million camel bucks, you can get like a fucking car. Yeah, yeah, you get all kinds of shit. Well, uh, they discontinued it because they said it encouraged people to smoke. And I know, fuck, I, we've we've still got a full length. Duster, reversible raincoat somewhere at my parents' house. It's a raincoat on one side, and on the other side, it's like a brown canvas. Oh shit! But it's it's like goes clear down like to almost to your ankles or like mid calf. Yeah, I don't remember how many cigarettes my dad smoked for that, but you gotta find that thing and take it from him. I will because he I know he doesn't wear it. I wore it for quite a while. I wear it places. We should just go down to your house one day and go through all your parents' storage stuff. Just well, I'm I'm getting a bunch of it. I'm getting a shit ton of it. Um, Skull did the same thing where you could save up and you get a uh, spittoon that wouldn't spill. And I tried it out. It would not spill. Really? Yeah. I, I actually... It was one of those ones where it was like a... It was, a, it was like a weeble. Yeah, weeble wobble. Weeble yeah. wobbles fall, but they don't... Or tip, but, but they don't fall down. The way that it was built, even if it tipped on its side, it wouldn't spill out. Unless it was like full to the top. Which is gross. Yeah. But I tried it out. I like filled it with water and tipped it over and it wouldn't spill. And it would... Pop back up and sit up straight. Chew spit's gross. Yeah, it stinks. Chewing, chewing's disgusting. Yeah, as we're both chewing. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you get another dip. I. Uh, but yeah, they discontinued that shit. Um, a quick little sidebar. Just to, to inform some of maybe our younger listeners. Oh. To, to inform some of our, our younger listeners as to... I wasn't owing the younger listeners. I was owing that she just hit her ass on the corner of the steps. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, of course, okay, I came from a town of 100 people. Everybody knew who I was. Yeah. Uh, I was able to... We had a general store, and it was like... A Which street, is right across the street from your house. Yeah, it's just right, right there. Um, they should open that back up. It's... Uh, it was it was like a straight up general store. It was in this guy's family for I think he was like the second or third generation to own it, and it was a straight up like you walked in. It looked it still looks like a general store from like the eighteen nineties. No shit. Yeah, and he had an old fashioned candy counter in there. He had 
uh, he would cut bacon in the back, and he had like a meat meat counter really? where he would have bacon and lunch meat that he sliced there. An old fashioned like pop cooler with big fucking sliding glass doors. Oh, sweet, it had dude. like it had like the fucking glass they put in airplane windows. It was that thick fucking glass. Yeah, that and it had that. He'd go back and get soda, um, and I mean it was just like a nice little grocery store, and you could actually back then. You could go in and get whatever, you, you know, I, I'd be out running around. I'd go in, I'd get a soda and a candy bar, and he'd just write it down on our bill. And at the end of the month, my parents would go up and settle up the bill. Oh, shit, dude. That's fucking cool. Well, imagine this. If I walked in there with a note from my parents. Oh, yeah. It's like, I need cigarettes. I need cigarettes. He would say, how many do you need? They're like, I need three packs of cigarettes. And he'd put three packs of cigarettes on the counter, and I'd say, put them on our, our bill. He'd write them on the bill, and I'd leave. Yeah. And so they, we used to go to the Forgot Store up in Benson. Oh, the Forgot Store rocks. I wish yeah. it was still open. Up I mean, in Ponca Hills? Yeah. Yeah. The Forgot Store was across the street from my grandparents' and yeah. your grandparents' house. Because our grandparents lived across the street. I mean, the, the store's not open, but the bar is. The bar still is. a restaurant, too. But, but the store's still there. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just empty. But so I could do that if I if I had a note at the, at the general store. If I had a note, they would give me cigarettes. Yep. However, the bar, which was... Just right across the street from my, from my house, too, about a block away. Uh, if I went into the bar, I didn't need a note. I could just walk in and say, I, I need cigarettes for my dad. Yeah. And at the bar, they would hand me cigarettes for my dad, Raleigh cigarettes. Yep. And I could take them down. I think they were like a dollar or two a pack at, back then. Uh, they would they would give me cigarettes. I'd had have money there, but my, my dad gave me a couple bucks. They'd go get me a pack of cigarettes. And by golly, you know, me at... Seven, you know, seven years old. They yeah. give me cigarettes, which is fucking amazing. They, you can't do that shit now. Hell no, hell no. But back then, boy, you sure could. Fuck yeah, we got away with a lot of shit back then. Oh yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, ba- okay, back to the music. This one was huge. Which one is this? Madonna had a Pepsi commercial in '89, and I think that might have been the year she did the Super Bowl. I don't remember, but in '89, she had uh, right. she had a, a Pepsi commercial, and it was uh, oh what the hell um, what the hell song was it? Uh, like a prayer. Yep. Like a prayer, and that's when Madonna was her hottest. Was in that video? Yes. It was circus. It, it was around that that song, and that song was controversial as hell because of all the religious iconery that was in it and there were like crosses on fire in a field and her dancing around in her lingerie and all this that shit got shut down real quick oh the commercial itself the commercial well the video was that so they tied the song and the the commercial together and then people saw the video and they're like whoa 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 yeah you can't have this well it's but it was madonna what did you expect I know, but yeah, you know, you couldn't have that. Um, but this it, is pre Dennis Rodman Madonna. Yeah, it, it was right around that time when she put out that book, that sex book. Oh, um, called Sex. Was it called Sex? It was called Sex, and it was like a metal cover. It was huge. I thought it was called something else because I remember there was Truth or Dare. Was Truth or one. Dare? Because that was remember, a, that was the second one. Rocket on Sweet ninety eight. Yep, he read it on the morning show. Yep. And you never seen him again. No, he he went to commercial and then he was gone. He was off the air. 
I yeah no. I think I, he was getting ready to. I think he knew he was either getting out of there. He was or he was getting fired or he was leaving anyway. Yeah. So that was a big controversy. I remember that. But talking, we we started this talking about like musicians that should have done like alcohol ads. Yeah. Eric Clapton did um, for Anheuser Busch, and I want to say it was for Michelob. Uh, he did a really bluesy version of After Midnight just for the ad campaign. I remember that. And it was a badass song. And the song from the commercial actually charted for him because really? After Midnight was Derek and the Dominoes. Yep. So Clapton redid it in a bluesy style and they put it on. It was just him playing. You know, and it's been on his albums too. Yes. So uh, the, Cause I love Eric Clapton. It's one of my favorite songs he does. Yeah. And I just don't see him as a Michelob guy, but... Well, these came out in 88. About the same time that the ads came out, Clapton went to rehab because he was struggling with alcoholism. Yeah. So, they pulled the ads because the perceived thing was, our, you know, hey, you know, drink our, drink our beer until you need to go to rehab. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so our spokesman just went to rehab. We, yeah, we probably should pull these ads. Uh, another alcohol one that had musician tied to it was uh, uh, Seagram's Wine Coolers. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is a musician, though. Well, yes, he is. He is? Yes. Bruce Willis had a music album that came out that flopped called like the return of bruno it was a blues album bruce willis is an amazing harmonica player really yes and he played harmonica and sang in this and uh they were like all jamming on the porch drinking wine coolers and (laughs) remember that's when everybody wanted to have one everybody was oh when we were kids you want to drink wine coolers? Wine, let's get wine coolers. They're getting yeah. just drunk super fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they were the thing to do. So, little did we know we had Zima. <laughs> oh, God. So, the uh, the song went... You know what? You should just sing it. Well, I'm going to. I don't remember quite the, the, the tune. Or just play the but terrible, was, terrible tune. Oh, I'll play it during the, during the break. But the, the lyrics were, Hey, big fellas, look here. It's wet. And it's dry. My, my, my. Me and the boys love, love, love. All the t- love it all the time. And then at the end he would say, Hey, Mr. Seagrams, you're my kind of guy. This song, this song gives me mixed signals. Well, there was another mixed signal that went on. Because they were trying to advertise his album. It flopped. <laughs> the commercial also flopped and was pulled because... The ad campaign launched. Yeah. Bruce Willis got arrested for drunk driving. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Yeah. Now, speaking of wine coolers, do you remember Bartles and James? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Do you remember their two guys that they had as spokespeople? Was it... Um... It was uh, Frank Bartles and Ed James. And that's the two old guys sitting on a porch. Yep. And the one guy would just be talking about 
Bartles and James, and, and that was uh, uh, Bartles, would be, he'd just be talking, talking, talking about the product, and Ed would just sit there and just like stare off into space. <laughs> kind of like how we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd just sit there. And, and those always ended with, and we thank you for your support. They all say, we thank you for your support. One's comatose. Yeah, one's just sitting there looking off into space like, ah. And like he would like grumble and shit. Like, I'm ready to die. <laughs> yeah. Now, Bud Light had a big ad campaign with Spuds McKenzie. Oh, yeah. And I believe we talked about Spuds McKenzie before. Was Bud Light with Spuds? Yeah, Bud Light with okay. Spuds. Um, yeah, because we, we did. Right? We said, I said that Slurm... From Futurama, made yeah. a thing about him. Yeah, a spoof. Yeah, Slurms McKenzie. Yeah, he can never stop partying. Well, and that's the thing. Um, the dog was the the party animal. Yeah, and he, and he was, was more popular than the beer. Yeah, he was like a bull terrier. And I remember all the T-shirts and shit that came out with him, and the kids loved him. Oh yeah. Well, first thing is, I believe Spuds McKenzie uh, was a female dog. Yep, she was. And I, uh, along with like. Um, all the lassies, I think all the lassies were boy were boy dogs, and they were supposed to be girls. Oh shit! Um, you know, I never got the, I never looked that close to the. Lassies I didn't crotch. I didn't either, but I just remember hearing that. <coughs> but Spuds McKenzie, the the rumor was, they there was one like a Super Bowl ad where Spuds was like hanging out at the pool, yeah, and swimming in the pool, and the rumor was that the lighting rig fell into the pool and electrocuted the dog. I remember that. That did not happen. Dude, there was a lot of urban legends back in the day. The reason was there was no easy way to disprove them. Somebody would say it, it would spread like wildfire, and then the company would have to be like, no, no, no. There was no internet to look and say, oh, did yeah. McKenzie die? Um, there was nothing like that. There was no Facebook to tell you if you were lying or not. No. So, yeah, you kind of got... Hoodwinked. You just had to believe what you believed. Yeah, you be- you believed everything you heard. Yeah. Back then, and of course, you know, it would spread with the kids at school, and then they'd go home and tell their parents. And their parents would be like, "All right," because oh. they really didn't give a fuck. No. So they'd be like, "All right," and they're like, "Oh, and the kid was, it was saying a, it was a Hollywood dog." Who cares? Yeah, they, they, well, then they, they they would go to work and they'd be like, "Yeah, my kid was saying that that dog on the beer commercial got electrocuted." Oh no, shit! And, and you just took it at face value. Yeah. It was easier to bullshit people back then. Yeah, you can't do that anymore, man. No. Uh, real quick, we'll go over a few other um, ads, and there's there's one very notable one that I want to talk about. It's very controversial. Yeah, this is pretty controversial. Uh, Jello pudding and pudding pops with Bill Cosby, and this is before he went to prison for yeah date for, raping, doing horrible things. Uh, they, you know what though, I am glad that. He did not do anything bad with kids. As much as he was around kids, right? Yeah. That I mean, he's still a fucking shithole. Yeah. For what he did with just these women that he would mm-hmm. go out with, right? But just the fact that you know, I'm glad he didn't do anything. Yeah. To that extreme. Yeah, he'd rather it not have you know nothing bad happen to anyone. But yeah, it, I'm glad that he didn't use his position to do that. Yeah. I. I remember getting pudding pops in school for lunch. Yeah. I, I fucking love pudding pops. But, yeah, he was a spokesman there, and I, I just remember him talking about pudding 
Yeah, it's a pudding, pudding pops. Um, what else was there? I mean, uh, Paula Abdul had an L.A. Gear commercial where she danced. L.A. Gear, those are the shoes, right? Yeah, and they had pants and they had shirts. Yeah, they had like a whole lineup. Lineup, but she, I think she was in the sneakers, the L.A. Lights sneakers. That's when Paula Abdul was still hot. She's still hot. She, she's hot. This is when she was super hot in her in her twenties, still. Yeah, it's when she like first started out. Um, the one that I wanted to mention, and maybe we could we can wrap up this first part with this, is, do you remember before Energizer had the bunny? You remember the Energizer bunny? Yeah, of course. Before they had the bunny, do you remember um, Jocko? Jocko? Who the fuck is Jocko? Okay, Jocko, <laughs> Jocko was... I was like, it wasn't that crazy motherfucker you just showed a second ago. Yeah, it is. Really? Yes. Holy shit. He was a, an Australian, um, they, they call him an Australian footballer. He was a soccer player. He looks like that fucking wrestler with a mustache on NXT. Yes, yes, yes. So, that has no facial expression, he just looks like a robot. Loomis. Loomis. He reminds me of the Terminator. Yeah. So, his name is Mark Jackson, but they called him Jocko. He doesn't look like a Jackson. And he was, he was just like this... Big dude. You Jackson? You like, look like a Jackson? Big muscly guy? Yeah. And he would carry this giant battery on his shoulder. And he'd be like, Hey! Use energizer batteries! They last longer than all the rest! And he was like this coked up fucking soccer player. You know who would have been great as the energizer mascot? Huh. Um, Techno Destructo. Oh, from Guar. Yeah. That's what this guy kind of reminds he, me of. He carries a giant battery in his back already. He does. This guy, I just remember he had this giant fucking battery they would carry around, and he would just yell everything. I think I remember this. And he had like a blonde we'll to, mohawk. We'll have to, you'll have to play it for me. I'll play it for you. Because, yeah, it was, it was just fucking crazy. But they replaced him for something that was a little more, I guess, kid-friendly. Although he wasn't, like, controversial. He just yelled a lot. Yeah. He was a little frightening. But I just remember Jocko. You know, just being a fucking nutcase, running around screaming to use Energizer batteries. That made me not want to use Energizer batteries. I'd go get Duracells. Well, his thing was, <laughs> he's so, like, like Energized. full of energy, and it was because he's carrying around this battery. It was a giant battery. It was fucking huge. It's probably all the fucking coke he did. I, that's what I'm saying. So, it seemed like cocaine kind of fueled a lot of the, these people we talked about. It was the 80s. Yeah, it was the 80s. <laughs> cocaine was everywhere, dude. Cocaine you could, was... You could buy it on every corner. Yeah, yeah, if you had a note from your parents. Yeah. You had a note from your parents, you could sell it to you as a seven-year-old. That's right. <laughs> I need this. I need, here's a letter. From, I need... Yeah, I'm supposed to get an eight ball for my dad. Oh, yeah, here. There you go, kid. You, you got a note? Yeah, here's a note. <laughs> Make sure this gets back to your dad. Yeah. Take it right home. Don't be, don't be fucking around. Take it right home to your dad. Okay, you got it. So, <laughs> are there any other uh, are these little ad campaigns that you want to oh, tackle while we're, um, while we're think, tackling no, I can't really think of any more. I think we covered a lot of we, those fucking things. Yeah, we got a bunch of them in, but there are two that we, we want to cover where the line between um, product spokesperson and... Celebrity really got blurred because they made their own celebrity. Yeah, you know, like like Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, it was a, a, a level of celebrity that was created there. 
And then, but he couldn't really do anything with it because he was a dog, right? You know, they they. I mean, you would you would see like Spuds McKenzie appearances where they bring the dog out and you take a fucking picture with the dog or a lookalike. It was a, a car- lookalike dog. They got a bunch of them, but yeah, they like bring the dog in and to the car show and you get your picture taken with the dog. Oh, Elvira was Coors Lights celebrity. Oh, that's right. And she would always do a huge. Uh, uh, Halloween thing. Yeah. Every year they, they'd have a... She endorsed a lot of shit. But Coors Light was the main one that I remember. And the Coors Light Party Wolf. Yep. And they were together. That's right. Yeah. Um, a couple things that I wanted to mention. Coors Light had uh, some subliminal stuff where they were like they would have a, a picture of a, of a beer bottle or a beer mug or something and there would be condensation on it. Yeah. And they would have like a naked lady in the condensation. Well, of course. But you couldn't, you really had to stare at it. I don't think I've ever stared at my beer that much. Camel cigarettes. I was, I, I was taught this in, uh, there was like a home economics class that I was in. And for some reason we were talking about marketing and we started talking about subliminal advertising. And our teacher told us this. And then we all immediately went out and looked. If you look at the front leg of the camel, and follow it up, there's a little dark shadow that sticks out. And you follow it up, there's a naked man with an erect penis on the camel. Cigarettes. Shut the fuck up. I will show you. I'm looking this shit up. I will I show you. It's on the... On the, on the I, yeah, yeah. Google. Okay, what I want you to Google is naked camel man. Oh, fuck. This is... Oh, oh am I going to get him to Google naked camel man? Oh, man. This is going to be bad. No, I would Google something else because you don't want that in your Google search history. While you're Googling, that, I'll tell you a story. Naked Camel Man. So, you know, my I'm da- not worried about that being in my search history. Yeah, there's, there's a lot worse shit in there. Um, so, you know how, how I, I'm always fucking with my dad and telling him shit. Yeah. And he very rarely believes me when I first tell him something because I fuck with him so much. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> this one time, we're, uh, we're watching TV and... You know, there's been that that years-long debate we've been having about if Roman Reigns from the WWE and Jason Momoa are the same person. He thinks that they are. No, they're not. They're, I, know the, I know they're not. Okay. Like, my dad, for years, thought they were. Okay, let me look at this thing. Okay, let me show you. See, there's his leg. He's got his arm back behind him like this. Yep. Right there's his head. Right there's his wiener. That black shadow? That's his wiener. Do you see him? Y- yeah. He, and he's standing like he's pretty proud of it. You know, I would be too. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Looks like he's got anal beads in there too. Oh, I did. It's like an x-ray. Here's the anal beads. Oh, Jesus Christ. Only you. <laughs> so. I didn't put it there. So trying to get my dad to, to Google shit. I'm always like, just Google it. So, dude, people have way too much time on their hands to find that shit. So, me and my dad are watching TV. It was, you know, this is years ago. And you remember when uh, when that new Shaft movie came out? With Sam Jackson? No, the one after that. Where it had Richard Roundtree, who was the original Shaft. Oh, yeah. And then Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, Shafts. Sh- yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. And then, then they had the third generation. Yeah. Okay. So, my dad's watching it, and he's like, Shaft? He goes, hey, Richard Roundtree. And he's like, why is Samuel L. Jackson in this? And I said... Because he played Shaft. And he goes, no, he didn't. And I go, Samuel L. Jackson was Shaft. And he's like, no, he wasn't. I go, Google it. So he is not, He at the time, he's gotten a lot better. He wasn't very familiar with like smartphones. He had just gotten a smartphone at the time. 
And I can see your dad. He's like, motherfucker. Yeah, he, I go, Google it. He goes... He's probably like this. And yeah, he, he's, he holds it out and he's looking. He goes, what do I Google? I go, Google Samuel L. Jackson's shaft. <laughs> so he's typing it in. And he types it in and he's sitting there. And before he hit search, he, just, he looked at it. He read it. He goes, I'm not Googling this. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it took me a second to fucking realize where this was going. Oh, for fuck's sake. Samuel dude. L. Jackson's shaft. I said, just Google it. And he's like, I'm not Googling that shit. <laughs> and I go, well, it's true. But yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck. Little disclaimer. We are not responsible if you Google the shit that we tell you to Google and something weird comes up. And, and we, you know what? Just call us and tell us what you find. Yeah. So. Uh, what do you say we take a little break here? Yeah. Take a little break. Kind of. Regroup, and then we're going to talk about uh, a couple of uh, celebrities that were made out of ad campaigns. I'm going to go take my Samuel Jackson shaft and go to the bathroom. You don't have a Samuel Jackson shaft. You don't know that. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> and now, these messages. Extra, extra, read all about it. We're chilling when the weather gets warm, no doubt about it. To be cool and be somewhat respectable, pick up Pepsi in these hype receptacles. Cool cans are coming, so don't be afraid. And if you get lucky, then you might get paid. So yo, stop kicking, your pace better quicken. Before they run out or the clock stops ticking. Really, I'm not kidding. Hey, me fellas. Look here, seagulls, golden wine cooler, seagulls, Having fun? Seagram's Golden Wine Cooler. I'm waiting for my friends. Also, when he arrives, that's when the fun starts. She. Pity you don't have a friend. Maybe I do. Another Seagram's Cooler for my friend. And one for mine. Any volunteers? Any one guy? A confident guy? <laughs> I'll do all the talking. Hello. There are many ways to use the Bartles and James Premium Wine Cooler. One lady in Massachusetts even uses it to make bread. Will Ed suggests an even better idea is to use it as a topping. For example, as a topping for ice. This is quick and easy to do and will not only improve the flavor of ice considerably, but will make it more attractive as well. So if you're tired of having your ice just plain, add some Bartles and James. We hope you appreciate this suggestion and thank you for your support. You know, Vern, coolers are very important to us today. Why, if it weren't for coolers, it would be almost impossible for us to keep our ice cold, mellow yellow, ice cold. Ah, smooth, mellow yellow with that great taste that's better than Mountain Dew lives on thanks to our friend, Mr. Cooler. Thanks, Mr. Cooler, for ice cold, mellow yellow and for bringing America back to the ice age. Did you buy that, Vern? Then let me tell you about our friend, Mr. Refrigerator. <laughs> Good morning, class. Cookology. The study of 
Good taste. In fact, the taste that stands the test. Yes! The test where New Coke takes on Pepsi, i.e. That's as in... The New Coke Pop Quiz. Cocologist dismissed. All others pay attention. When Coke did take on Pepsi in nationwide tests, more people chose Coke over Pepsi. Prove it to yourself. You'll see why more people are choosing the taste of Coke. Catch the wave, Coke. You know, Vern, there's nothing like touring around Florida enjoying the great Lyman taste of Sprite. But, Vern, there's two things I've learned. One, that icy cold Sprite tastes better than 7-Up. And B, never, when in Florida, ever do this to an alligator. Out of yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I drink's delightful the second time. <laughs> Hi. Do you remember the first time you tried kiss, kiss, kissing? Ooh. But now. And when you first tried Coke, I bet you said, uh-uh, not for me. But hey, let's not let first impressions swim. And let's try Coke, Coke, Coke again, shall we? Because once you've acquired that new wave taste, you're going to want to try it again, again, and again. Coke's delightful, the second. Catchy, isn't it? Catch the wave. Coke. Right. talking about ad campaigns i mean that was a long break for us but yeah not for them not for that yeah it'd just be a few minutes for them but yeah, yeah we we uh, we took quite a while in between here we didn't we were, we're refreshed though we're relaxed and refreshed so we we mentioned new coke in the in the first part yep do you do you remember the fucking uproar that they had when they switched coke formulas oh yeah it tasted it tasted like shit it was sweet yeah i preferred new coke back then but it was a lot sweeter, and people got fucking pissed when they, they did not like it. No, they wanted their classic Coca Cola, and with the cocaine in it. Yeah, well, they should just leave the cocaine in it. But that was uh, they they wanted to kind of um, introduce a new sweeter flavor. Yeah, 
Because that was kind of the... They were trying to compete with Pepsi, basically. Well, that's when they came up with Diet Coke. Well, Diet Coke was in 82. Okay. That was... They, they had their first Diet Soda, and uh, they used artificial sweetener in that. So, they wanted to kind of changed the taste of Diet Coke and they made it taste more like Pepsi. And then three years later, so in 85, they wanted to get into that sweeter flavor. So they came out with New Coke. It was the same flavor formula of Diet Coke, but they used high fructose corn syrup and sugar. Oh, God. Yeah. Combined. Well, people got pissed because they wanted their classic Coke. So that's why they started making new Coke and classic Coke. Yeah. And they they tried to completely do away with classic, but then they couldn't. Because, like I said, people got so fucking pissed. Yeah. I remember people hoarding it. Oh, Coca-Cola classic? Yes. Yeah. They would hoard the shit. And they said that you know, everybody thought that it went away, but it was still in production. Uh, it just said Coke, and then there was New Coke. Yeah. So, they noticed that the New Coke was not doing as well, so they decided to... Well, at first they named it Coke 2 in 1990. I remember that. And then they just dropped it. But they decided that they wanted to uh, kind of have a new ad campaign to reflect the newness and this is the Coke of the future and all that. So they came up with a character named Max Hedrum. Max Hedrum. You sound like Conky. Marshmallows. What is the word of the day? Max Hedrum. You know what to do whenever somebody says marshmallows? Marshmallows. Scream real loud! Uh, <laughs> marshmallows. 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 Hamburgers. <laughs> marshmallows. Marshmallow hamburgers. Mm. So. <laughs> That's never going away. No, no, it's marshmallows. <laughs> it was in a voicemail earlier. Yes, it was. <laughs> So, Max Hedrum was this artificial intelligence character uh, that, he was kind of glitchy. Very glitchy. And he was known for his sharp wit, his stuttering, and pitch-shifting voice. He came out in 1985, and he was the first... Computer-generated TV presenter. Do you remember the commercials for Max Hedrum? Yeah, he, he did the, the Coca-Cola commercials. Yeah. And he would, people would sit there, like kids would have like, go buy a Coke or something, and he would start talking to them. Yeah, like he'd pop up with their TV. Yeah. And they'd like, hey, I see that you're drinking the new, 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 new Coke. And like, hey, he sees us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so behind him would be these really cool, like, just like lines, but this background was always changing and morphing. Yep. And he had a very odd look about him. Now, I, I was reading up about him a little bit. I actually researched this over the past week. And the, the actor that played him, which the, the actor's name was uh, 
was Matt Frewer. And he was a Canadian actor, singer, and comedian. He's been in a lot of shit, too. He really has. But this is, like, what he's known for. Yeah. So he's got a shaved head. They put a plastic hairpiece on him. They put, like, plastic appliances on him. And then the suit that he wore, he, he was in a very shiny, uh, like, suit jacket and tie and white shirt. It was a fiberglass mold that they would put on him and screw together, and he couldn't move his arms. Oh, shit. And it, he said it was very uncomfortable and itchy. Yeah. So that's why Max always looks kind of twitchy, is because he's constantly have to move because it hurt to be in this suit. So it worked. Yeah, so he was constantly moving around. And, like, leaning back, trying to relieve pressure on, like, his back or yeah. his shoulders. Or make his arms so they didn't fall asleep. So he was constantly twitching around. It's like... <laughs> but the suit itself wouldn't move. So, you know, it wasn't like a, a jacket to where when it moved, you would see the arm move. Yeah. Nothing about the suit moved. It was just him inside of this fiberglass oh, shell. Oh, shit. And, I mean, it only went down, like, like mid-chest, maybe. Yeah. But it was like it was like they put him in a cast. And they, oh, fuck. And they, but they screwed it together. So that's why he was all fucking, like, stuck, but he was always twitching around. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was the that was the thing. You know, he was always kind of glitchy and, and and twitchy and all that. That's that's part of the... No shit. I mean, it worked for the character, but that's why he did it is because he was uncomfortable as hell. I mean, that's actually really interesting to hear. Yeah, and they made it work. Yeah. Because they would, like, if he would twitch, they would, like, put a... Uh, you know, like a glitch in his voice. And yeah. They, you know, they, it, it was, it was cool. I mean, Max Hedron was fucking cool. He was cool. That's one of those things that, I think it would work today. I think so. Well, Max Hedron, it spun off because he became, I mean, it was a crazy fucking popular ad campaign. Even though the soda that they were promoting was not crazy popular. No. Max Hedron took on kind of a life of his own. And he got a television show, the the Max Headroom TV series. I watched it. Did you ever watch it? I don't remember watching it because when, when did this come out? the The TV series uh, came out in eighty seven. I was probably not watching it. It was probably early, maybe later in the evening. Yeah, it was a it was a nighttime show. Yeah, I probably never watched. I think I remember it was about the same time as Arsenio Hall, but not maybe like an hour before or something like that. Well, this was this was the TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the actual series that they had. Um, so in in '85, there was a, a British show that came out. It was called Max Headroom, Twenty Minutes into the Future, and they made it to just basically make a backstory as to where this character came from. Yeah, and so they adapted that for American television and just made. A TV show called Max Hedrum. Wasn't it an actual guy and then he put his consciousness or something like that into a computer? Yeah, it was it was set in a dystopian future that was and twenty minutes into the future. Well yeah. Precise. And but the uh, the future is ruled by a television network. Sounds like right now. Uh, well, there's a lot of shit in this it sounds like now. Yeah. Um like a fucked up version of 1984. Yes. So tele- the plot is, in the future, uh, they say it's an, an o- Ogliarchy. O- how the Ogliarchy. fuck is Ogliarchy. Ogliarchy, 
which that means that a uh, it's a form of power structure in which the power rests in a small number of people. These people may or may not be distinguished by one or several characteristics, such as nobility, fame, wealth, education, or corporate, religious, or political, or military control. Well, this just so happens that it is a series of television networks that rule the world. Even the government functions primarily as a puppet for the network executives, serving mainly to pass laws, such as banning off switches on televisions. You couldn't turn the TV off? No. So the laws protect and consolidate the network's power. Television technology has advanced to the point that viewers' physical movements and thoughts can be monitored through their television set. Almost all non-television technology has been discontinued or destroyed. The only real check on the power of the networks is a man named Edison Carter, who is an investigative journalist who regularly exposes the unethical practices of his own employer and the team of allies, both inside and outside the system, who assist him in getting his reports on the air and protecting him from the forces that wish to silence and kill him. This actually be a good show now. Uh, it would be too real now, I feel. So That's what I'm saying. I mean, it would be a good show. Oh, yeah, it would be great. It would be very believable. Yeah. So you had Edison Carter, who's the, the guy that's like the whistleblower that's trying to uh, expose that the the government system of television executives are corrupt. Isn't Edison Carter the guy they turned into Max Hedrum? Um, well, Ed, yeah, he is a computer. Max Hedrum is a computer reconstruction of Carter. Yeah. Uh, so I remember seeing this when it came out. It didn't last very long. Because there's a guy that uploaded the copy a copy of his mind to the computer. Yeah. So he appear, Max Hedrum appears as a computer-rendered bust of Carter superimposed on a wireframe background. Since Carter, since Carter's last sight before the motorcycle crash, so apparently there's a... Yeah, he was in an accident. Yeah. Uh, was the sign Max Hedrum, Maximum Hedrum, on a parking garage gate. These were the reconstruction's first words and became his name. Because you know where they say like maximum headroom, yeah. headroom, blah, blah, blah. So that's the last thing he saw before he crashed his motorcycle. So that's the first thing he sees. So that's the first thing he said and that became his name. So Carter is the dedicated professional. Max Headroom is a wisecracking observer of human contradictions. Now, despite being the title character, Max Hedrum was rarely on the show. Oh, no shit. He occasionally played a significant part on the show. Like, he traveled through networks to gain information or reveal secrets. Yeah. That this Carter would, wouldn't divulge. His most frequent role was comedic relief. Delivering brief quips in reaction to certain events. Or giving a humorous soliloquy at the end of the episode. So, and there's a whole list of characters and all that. Uh, it was based on the British film uh, that was produced by uh, Chrysalis, Max Headroom, 20 Minutes in the Future. Cinemax aired the, the UK pilot and then ran six weeks of highlights from the Max Headroom show. It was the Max Headroom show. He Max Headroom would appear between music videos. 
and talk. I think I remember that. Then ABC Network picked it up, and they kept the basic storyline and all that, and uh, they ran with it. It ran uh, from 86. It had two, two seasons. Oh, like. shit. Yeah. 86 to 88? 86 to 88 it ran. It had uh, the, the six six episodes in in, uh, in 87, and then in 88, it had, uh, well, it looks like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six episodes, seven, eight episodes. So, it didn't last that long. I think, I think Netflix should pick this up. I think it would be fun. Now, there are a couple other things we want to touch on about Max Hedrum. Um, He's a very sharp dresser. Very short dresser, and he he changed looks. I mean, now and again he would have a different suit, or he'd be wearing a tuxedo, or but they were all that 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 fiberglass yeah, shell, sunglasses or whatever. He'd have sunglasses, but different sunglasses sometimes, or no sunglasses. Uh, there was a uh, well. First, we'll talk about this one, the Max Headroom Show, which was not the TV series. It didn't have, a, it had three series, or three seasons, and a Christmas special, and a TV movie, it appears. Um, so, this was in the United Kingdom, but I do remember seeing it over here. In order to inter- introduce the character that would host their music video program, Channel 4 broadcast a short one-hour science fiction movie, Max Headroom, 20 Minutes into the Future. That supplied the backstory. The events and characters of the movie were never referred to in the music video or talk show versions of Max Headroom, but they were referred to in the American television series. So in series one, Max was a music video host. He would interrupt videos with his commentary and antics. Each program included hits from the early 80s, and also newer releases. This show aired uh, 6 p.m. on Sunday, or on Saturdays, and it would actually... So that's probably why I've never seen it, because 6 p.m. on Saturdays, I was usually at a friend's house. Well, and probably not in England. No. So yeah, that's where it aired first. Oh, okay. was in England. Um, it, it served to introduce a lot of artists that were unknown at the time. And a lot of them are still unknown here, but the, it gave them, like, the, the UK exposure that they, that yeah. they needed. So then they advanced that, and the, the second series was clips of music videos from the first series, plus they made some additional material. Yeah. Uh, and they added a talk show segment. Where, so I, this is, I remember the talk show. I think it was on HBO or Cinemax. Yeah. I remember watching the talk show. It was it was funny. It wasn't dirty or nothing like that. No, he was just a smartass. Yeah. Um. So, he would, you know, they, like, they would have somebody in, like, a, a bar sitting there, and there would be a television sitting on the bar top where Max Hedrum would appear, and he would have just a brief interview with him, and then he would start just, like, going off the rails because he's obsessed with golf. Max Hedrum is. Oh, shit. So, he would just start talking about golf. And they did screen this on Cinemax in November and December of 85, and this is where uh, Max Headroom started doing his uh, 
like his just ranting introductions. You know who had the best talk show? Space Ghost. Space Ghost was awesome. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yes. Now, the third series added a studio audience where Max would interact with the studio audience. He would conduct a quiz in which members of the audience participated. Often, the announced prize was not awarded or the quiz was cut for time because Max took too long to explain the rules, which changed every week. <laughs> you gotta love games like that. Most episodes included a performance art act in the studio. Each week would feature a special guest, often appearing in the studio, but sometimes appearing remotely on a television screen. Max would often sing comedic jazz or swing songs of his creation. The series premiered in the U.S. in uh, 1986 on Cinemax. Then they made a Christmas special. Oh, oh, fuck. We know that Christmas specials usually suck. No, they're usually great. Look at the Star Wars one. It's that, amazing. Fucking horrible. The Star Wars one was hidden for years. It really was. They finally just released it. Uh, so between the second and third series... It's because Disney was like, you know what? We need to show this because people want it. Well, yeah, and there's too many rumors about it. Let's just show it. Yeah. Um, this came out between the second and third series. It was an hour-long special entitled... Max Hedrum's Giant Christmas Turkey. This was on Boxing Day in 1986, which Boxing Day is the Christmas day after Christmas yep. in, in uh, Canada. And the program had pre- already premiered on the 18th of December in 86 under the title The Max Hedrum Christmas Special. It was often repeated several times over the holiday period on Cinemax. Kind of like the Charlie Brown Christmas Special, which is amazing. Yeah, that see that one's good. That one is good. That well, the, the cartoons are good. Usually, though, when they take a movie or a TV show and make a Christmas special, they suck. Scrooged. 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 Bill Murray. Scrooged. That's a movie. Yeah. Well, that one's good. Yeah. Die Hard. I'm not talking about special Christmas, but I'm talking about TV <laughs> specials. We're not gonna name every fucking movie that has a Christmas tie-in. Um. Cinemax had another series of talk shows called the Original Max, the Original Max Talking Headroom Show. This time it was in New York, had no British participation. It was a six-part series. It aired every two weeks on Cinemax between July of eighty-seven and October of eighty-seven. The last two episodes coincided with the first two of the second season of the series. These were not broadcast in the UK. And two weeks after the Cinemax series ended, the ABC show was canceled. Oh, fuck. Max Hedrum disappeared from the airwaves. His only further appearances were a couple of leftover ABC episodes that were broadcast as time slot fillers. He had a cameo on Sesame Street around the same time and another cameo on Comic Relief. Remember the uh, Comic Relief, the... uh, the comedy uh, fundraiser show that they did? Oh, yes, yes, against, yes. I think it was against uh, Raise Money for Suicide Awareness, I believe. Yeah. Um, so there was that, but Max Hedrum had a little controversial thing that happened with him. Of course, he had to. He had a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> no, it was screwed to him. It, it, it was screwed, to, it screwed together and he was trapped inside of it. Oh. No. <laughs> In... On November 22nd, 1987, 
There was a broadcast signal hijacking of two television stations in Chicago. It was an act of video piracy. The first incident took place for 25 seconds during the sports segment of WGN-TV's 9 o'clock news broadcast. Uh Uh-oh. The second occurred about two hours later for 90 seconds during the PBS affiliate WTTW's broadcast of Doctor Who. Who? 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 Um, Was it probably broadcasted porn? No, the station's broadcast. That happened here, though. That did happen here. And that's a big thing at work. So the station's broadcast were interrupted by a video of an unknown person wearing a Max Headroom mask and costume, accompanied by distorted audio. The hacker made references to Max Headroom's endorsement of Coca-Cola, the television series Clutch Cargo, WGN actor or anchor Chuck Swirsky, and all of the greatest world newspaper nerds. A reference to WGN's call letters, which stood for World's Greatest Newspaper. I didn't know that. A corrugated panel swiveled back and forth, mimicking the Max Headroom uh, geometric background effect. The video ended with a pair of exposed buttocks being spanked with a fly swatter before normal programming resumed. I know it was a wardrobe malfunction. The culprits, culprits were never caught or identified. That's even better. Yes. So then Max Hedrum did a bunch of other shit. He appeared all over the place, uh, different ad campaigns, namely, you know, like the new Coke and all that. Uh, but he was in other ones. Um, he was uh, in a mu- couple music videos. Um, He's, I thought he had a spot on MTV for a while. I think he had appearances on MTV. Um, they tried to uh, sell a movie concept called Max Hedrum for President. I would have watched that. Well, hell yeah. In '86, uh, there was a Max Headroom video game released. That was on Nintendo. It was on Nintendo. Then they ported it to Commodore 64. Nobody played that one. Uh, and some other things. Uh, there was a 32-page Max Headroom 3D comic released in '87. Uh, it was written. It was oh, it was produced. It was written, illustrated, but never published. I see that. And then his last. TV appearance was was a date of series or it was a series of advertisements for Channel Four in two thousand seven to raise awareness for the digital switchover. There was no digital switchover in eighty seven. Well, it, on Channel Four, that might have been over in uh, the UK. Oh, they're dude, they're decades ahead of us. Yeah. So they do they even use a wider bandwidth of, for their, their TV stations? I'm sure they do. So they had a lot of uh, imitations and spoofs. Late Night with David Letterman. And that, Late Night with David Letterman is actually where Max Hedrum made his U.S. Uh, television debut. No shit. But Late Night with David Letterman parodied the uh, concept with her own character, Larry Bud Melman, in a sketch called Larry Bud Headroom. Larry Bud. Uh, he was in Doonesbury. Um, the Doonesbury combined concept of Max Headroom and President Ronald Reagan. Uh, Back to the Future Part 2 featured a Max Headroom-inspired Reagan and computer-generated versions of Michael Jackson and Ayatollah Khomeini. That shit was funny. 
Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's headroom was uh, was you know the inspiration for that. Yep. Family Matters. We spoke. We talked about Family Matters we last week. We did. Um, Family Matters season two, the science project. Steve Urkel builds an atomic bomb that has a Max Headroom like computer interface that looks like Urkel. Yeah, I remember that. It was it gave a countdown before detonation, but it was all in Laura's nightmare. I. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. In uh, the novel Ready Player One. They uh, reference him, reference Max Headroom, but it was omitted from the film. Uh, Eminem's 2013 video Rap God features Eminem as Max Headroom. As Max, Headroom. Max Headroom was in uh, Pixels. He, he was. Yeah, he had right. a he was, he was the uh, he was like the, the, the second in command. Yeah, he was in a message just before the final showdown between the Arcaders and, and the leaders Donkey of the Kong. aliens. Which is Donkey Kong, if you haven't seen Pixels. Yeah. People hate that movie. I like it, so shut up. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, it wasn't him. It was a. It, it was Agent Coulson. Yes, it was the Max Headroom lines. Yeah. And uh, some one of the characters got trapped in an 80 television set. Yep. Had the Max Headroom lines, but the voice didn't skip. Uh Muse pl- used him in a uh, in a video. The band Muse. Muse, Jason Muse. No, not Jason Muse. Um, he fucked a pie, didn't he? No, Jason Muse didn't fuck a pie. Oh no, that was uh, Jason Biggs. Whatever, Jason Muse. Well, Jason Muse might have fucked a pie. Jason Biggs was in one of the uh, Jay and Silent Bob movies. He was. Right? He yeah. was the pie fucker. Yeah. Um, what else do they have? Neil Young. Neil Young references Max Headroom. In his song "Pressure," off the '86 album "Landing on Water," and Max Headroom would probably die if he landed on water. He might. He yeah. He'd electrocute. He'd short circuit. Yeah. And uh, Selena Gomez briefly appears in costume as Max Headroom during her music video for "Love You Like a Love Song." She's not even old enough to who Max Headroom is. But the reason is that the song was criticized by critic Jason Bergstrom. Is having a stuttering Max Headroom non-chorus. So she is like a fuck you to this critic, dressed up like Max Headroom in the music video. Oh, okay. So, what else about Max Headroom do we need to talk about? That we we covered it all. We talked about a lot of Max Headroom shit. Uh, I just remember Max Headroom was fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, he has merchandise. He has a lunchbox. He does. He had a lot of merch, but. I remember him being cool and th- everybody thinking he was cool and everybody mimicking him. Yeah. But nobody really watched a TV show. N- nobody saw the talk show, at least as kids. Yeah. We knew him from the fucking Coke ads. That was it. That's what we knew him as, yeah. And and then he do celebrity guest appearances. Yeah, like on award shows and shit. Yeah. But that's how we knew him. And he just, he got his popularity as a... Spokesperson for person Coke. for Coke, because he uh, he was a computer generated spokesperson. So I mean that's kind of cool that Coke built him basically. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another character that just went from spokesperson to to fucking megastar, mega icon for kids. Yeah, and that's uh, 
Ernest. Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah, Ernest P. Worrell. He had a best friend named Vern. Nobody ever seen Vern, though. Nope. Hey, Vern. Hey, Vern. Well, we were portrayed, like, the audience portrayed Vern. Yeah. Um. So, the history behind... Vern was the camera. Ernest. It was, yeah, he was a cameraman, basically. Uh, he was doing YouTube videos before they were YouTube videos. Yeah, TikToks. Yeah, he was doing, he was talking to the camera before it was popular. Yeah. So Ernest P. Worrell is a fictional character portrayed by J- uh, Jim Varney in a series of television commercials, and later he did some other stuff. We'll Jim Varney about. was a genius. Now, uh, he was a character created by Varney and the, a, a national <coughs> advertising agency. <coughs> That was you last week on that goddamn voicemail. I don't remember. That was not me. Because that's the first time I called was when I did the... Okay. The marshmallows. But that was not me. I didn't do that. I swear to God. I wonder who it was. It's probably Mike. They haven't come forward yet. No, because Mike doesn't use the voicemail line. Mm. Um, the only national products that, that Ernest promoted, this is national now, was Coca-Cola. Oh no shit! He was a spokesman for Coca Cola. So Coca Cola's got a got is, they're great on advertising. Yeah. Well, he al- he also did Czech cereal. And Taco Johns. He did do Taco Johns. The first Ernest commercial filmed in 1980 advertised an appearance by the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders at Beach Bend Park, which is an amusement park near Bowling Green, Kentucky. But the format never. Buried. It was always scripted to be comedic and very fast paced. Yeah, that's well, that was that was Ernest. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember locally he did uh, commercials for. I want to say it was Anderson Erickson Dairy, which was like um, the the main one that I remember was Chip Dip. Oh yeah, he did Chip Dip, uh, and I want to say he did cottage cheese or something, or yogurt. Yeah. But it was Anderson Erickson Dairy, A and E Dairy, and I, uh, and that's you know, that's not listed because he did a lot of, of regional things. So, who Ernest was? He was, they said, the rubber-faced Ernest, almost always dressed in a denim vest and baseball cap, appeared at the door of an unseen, unheard, and seemingly unwillingly, unwilling neighbor named Vern. The spots were structured in a way to allow the viewer to be Vern, as Varney looked directly into the camera whenever Vern was addressed. Ernest's seemingly pointless conversations with Vern, which were actually a monologue due to Vern never responding. Yeah, it was a one it was a one-sided conversation. Yeah, they, they rambled and they would talk about whatever product he was pitching, and then he would say his signature closing line. You know what I mean? Know what I mean, Vern? Know what I mean, Vern? And then you go, ew. Yeah. <laughs> so Vern never had any spoken lines. Uh, it's implied that he finds Ernest to be an unwelcome pest due to him trying to slam the door in Ernest's face on a few occasions. Oh, yeah. Vern also would shake his head no, so the camera would shake no, anytime Ernest would invite him to do something. Ernest, despite having good intentions, is oblivious to Vern's apparently distress regarding him, and always regards Vern as his closest buddy and confidant. He was, he was just a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Uh, the, all these ads were shot with a handheld film camera at the the producer's home. 
Oh, no shit. Yes. That's a good way to save money. Uh, sometimes he would film 25 different versions of a spot in a single day. Uh, they 25 different virgins? Yeah, different virgins. Virgins. Now, Not here's... to be confused with virgins. Here's an interesting little note. Uh, Jim Barney had a photographic memory. He could read through the script one time and then insert whatever product he was talking about on different takes. The commercials and character had a definite impact. Children especially seemed to imitate Ernest and, know what I mean? Know what became I mean? a catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Uh, he started regionally, and then they started receiving the requests from the major national companies. But many of them were unable to agree because most of them had conflicts with the exclusive local rights that the, the local companies had. Yeah. On the earnest commercials. So, the way that they made it to where he could do uh, the bigger national acts is they established a, a, a national trademark on the character. And the way they did that is they threw him into a... Uh, they threw him into a movie. And that was Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. This is a science fiction comedy starring Jim Barney. When did this come out? This came out... Uh, when the hell did this come out? You know, I'm just going to look it up. July 19th, 1985. Uh, basically, it's... Uh, Ernest is showing off a new device that he has bartered from a guy off the street. He called it a changing coffin. That transforms the user into any disguise. Ernest enters the coffin. Oh, that's right. Vern, Ernest was Dr. Otto. Yes. Uh, Ernest enters the coffin as Vern flips the switch. Then Ernest, like, just screams. And then uh, Dr. Otto is a mysterious villain with a hand attached to the top of his head. Yeah, it was always like this. Yes, it's always, like, rubbing his head. Uh, this You can watch this right now. It's on Pluto, Tubi, Voodoo. Prime and Sling. Well, it's on Sling, but for with premium subscription. But the the other four, they're free. They're all free. Um, that's one on my list. Doctor Otto wants world domination using his gloom beam, an electric electromagnetic device that he uses to launch attacks on financial institutions to erase the con their uh, contents and cause world chaos. Uh, yeah, he was always trying to destroy the world or something. Yeah. He first uh, attacked Cincinnati, Ohio. Of course. Um, and then keeps going from there. Uh, I've never seen this fucking movie. I've never heard of no, this No, but it's on my list now to watch, dude. So. Oh, I won't ruin the end of it. Because some people might want to watch this, but they... Somehow they reveal the connection between Ernest and Dr. Otto. Oh. Uh, yeah, it came out on uh, home video, VHS in 82 or 92, um, DVD in 2007, and is included in the Best of Ernest DVD box set that was released in 2012. Oh, nice. So, uh, that's how they got him into the national, to where he could do the national shit. Then he uh, released a little TV show. 
Hey, Vern's Ernest. Do you remember the TV show? I love the TV show. It was on Saturday mornings, dude. Yes. It had one season. It only had one season? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it looks like it was... It aired on Saturday mornings on CBS for one season. Shit, I thought it was on longer than that. Yeah, maybe we'll find out more here as we... One season. No shit. Yep. Looks like uh, 13 episodes. They did a lot of reruns then. Uh, they must have. It was a sketch comedy show featuring Ernest. It was It was kind of set up like Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, it but, really was. We had the different characters. He played different characters. And then you had the, the vampire. Um, he's another guy from like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, well, it had... Um, let me see if there's any big names that I notice. Not really. Not really. Let's see, Jim Varney... Galliard Sertan, Bruce Armston. I don't recognize any of these names. Maybe I, I think all of these people were either voice actors or uh, just tied with Jim Varney himself. Okay. So, I do remember watching it. it and I tried to watch it not too long ago. And, boy, I just really couldn't hang with it. Really? Yeah, I... I always, although I did mimic, you know, the, you know, hey, hey, Vern, hey, Vern. Hey, Vern. You know, or the, you know what I mean? I always would mimic that. I found Ernest to be kind of annoying. Well, yeah, but when you're six, seven years old. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be all over it. Yeah, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't age, I mean, not that it doesn't age well because he did anything wrong because it was a pretty wholesome show. Mm -hmm. He was a pretty wholesome character. In everything he did. Yeah, in everything he did. Even Beverly Hillbillies. I love that movie. <laughs> but. And not a lot of people knew that was him. No, because he had a mustache. Mm -hmm. you, know, you ever want to you know, have a disguise? Either wear some glasses. Or a mustache. Or a mustache. I. Like, I remember watching Ernest Goes to Camp when I was little. And he was just a bumbling, he was just a bumbling janitor on the, camp, on the campgrounds. Yeah, yeah. He well, always played like a bumbling something. Yeah, well, okay, well, you've seen the movies, or some, some of them. Yeah. So we'll, let's go in. He, he from the, the TV show, he spun off and got a series of a ton of fucking movies. Um, Ernest Goes to Camp. What, what do you remember about that? Not too much, though, except for, like, he would, uh, I think he was the bus driver, and he was also the maintenance guy, not yeah. the janitor, but the maintenance guy in the campgrounds, and he was always, kids are always fucking with him. Yeah, he, he wants to be a counselor. But he's just a a maintenance man. Uh, they're always, you know, they're always teasing him and shit. And but he'd always there. He's always there to save the day. Right. He but he bumbled into it. Yeah. Um. Just like any of his other movies, it was the same synopsis. It's the same damn movie, just a different setting. I think. Yeah. Um. And, and I know that I watch some of these movies, like, but I don't remember. Ernest Scared Stupid. You know, there's. Small town, and I think it's in like Salem, Massachusetts, or something like that. And a uh, troll comes back to life after being put into a tree and turned to stone. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't think I've ever seen this. One. And he, the, the way the way they had to stop the trolls, he's finding out from this old witch that's like a hundred years old, and um, he has to drink milk and show the troll love, affection. So he, he kisses the he troll. You gotta fuck it. You gotta fuck <laughs> he, a had troll? To, he had to kiss the troll. 
And it's all slimy and shit. And he's like, ew. Hey, so he had to kiss the troll. He had to kiss the troll. So, uh, she kissed the troll last night. <laughs> his dog's name is Rimshot in this. Yes. Rimshot's in all of his movies. Okay. Um, this is actually the fifth. Or this movie. Sca- this movie. Scared Stupid is the fifth, fifth film in the Ernest P. Worrell series. See, Dr. Otto was the first one. Then Ernest goes to camp, I believe, was the second one. Yep. I got them all in order here someplace. Um, and then uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Did you ever see that one? I see that one. I don't remember much of it at all. Except for, like, I think he... He's a taxi cab driver. He's a ta- Yeah, something like that. And then he ends up helping Santa. I think Santa gets arrested or something like that. Well, there's a... Um, there's a fraud... Santa Claus. Okay. Is apparently what it's saying here. Um, they they pick up a teenage runaway girl. Yep. Which I wouldn't happen in movies today. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, not at all. So. That's how porns are started. Well, yeah. I. A man. Okay. It's just a, a man claiming to be Santa Claus arrives in Orlando where Ernest is working as a taxi cab driver. He picks up Santa. Who tells Ernest is on, he's on his way to uh, inform a local celebrity named Joe Carruthers that oh, he's been that's chosen right. that's to right. be the new Santa Claus. Because the guy's pure at heart and yes. he's just an asshole in the show and he doesn't know he's pure at heart yet. Yes. Um, Joe hosts a long-running local children's television program with an emphasis on manners and integrity, which Ernest remembers fondly. While you're driving, a teenage runaway girl who says... She is named Harmony Star, joins Ernest and Santa in the taxi cab. When they get to their destination, Santa possesses no local currency or no legal currency, only play money. So in his giving Christmas spirit, Ernest lets him ride for free. The decision gets Ernest fired from his job. Ernest later discovers that Santa left his magic sack in the taxi cab, and Ernest begins a quest to find him to return it. I don't ever leave my magic sack anywhere. No. It's with me all the time. Yeah, yeah, you gotta keep your magic sack around. It's in my pants. It's gonna be on our OnlyFans. Yeah. Mike, you can watch for that. Um, our OnlyFans. Our OnlyFans. Um, yeah. We have our number one fan, Flint. We have our number two fan, Rex. Yep. And then we have our OnlyFans, Mike. Yes. So we're up to a total of three. We have three fans. Well, no, we can't, we can't forget Colton. Uh, Colton, uh, Colton, who provided our, our, music. Our, our music. Colton just had a uh, uh, release, release uh, called Not Enough Pockets. Um, not enough pockets for a shit. Too much shit. Not enough Too pockets. Much shit. Uh, so yeah, you can you can check that out. Um, I think that's on is you know we'll just put that on our shit. Yeah, we'll we'll maybe add a link to that um, because uh, I think we should play it. Well, I we can probably have to ask him. Yeah, I'll ask him see if we can play his uh, his his song. But uh, yeah, Colton just had a, a song come out. Let me let me see if I can find it. Colton is a he's a very 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 talented. Oh, great musician. He's he's worked with uh, with Wiz Khalifa, I believe. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's called it's on YouTube. Not it's called Not Enough Pockets. Check that out. Yeah, get on YouTube, look that up. Yeah, it's uh, he, he's got a he's got a band. What's the, I can't remember the, the band's name. It's uh, it's on here. Cool. Oh, here it is. I just saw it. It's uh. 
Colta Rowe and the Weird Siders? Coltero and the Weird Siders. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, just released. Check it out. If we mess that up, Colton, let us know. Yeah, we, let us know. You we, know what? You can call the, call the phone number and tell us if we got it right. Yeah, 669-B-RETRO. B-E-R-E-T-R-O. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. We've, we've talked about Colton and, and the music. We've talked about our only fan, Mike Fantastic. Yep. And we've, I think, acquired some honey money. We've acquired some honey money. But we Rex, have not. Rex hasn't uh, provided us with a Gene Simmons break. He so has not. Let's do a Gene Simmons break right here. Hi, I'm Gene Simmons. You're not. There you have it. There's a, a Gene Simmons break. At least we got it right this time. Yeah. It, I don't know. I think Gene Simmons was behind all the technical difficulties we had last that, week. That checks out. Yeah. I, I, he, he has the power to do that shit. Um, he's just got to think it. Yeah, that's how, that's how that's how much money that guy has. He just yeah he he thinks, and all of a sudden it happens. Yeah, but uh, so okay so we Ernest saves Christmas. I wonder if that's because Rex hadn't paid him yet. Oh, it might be. He might yeah he might have some minions watching us. Yeah. Now. Pay your Gene Simmons bill, Rex. Quit buying records. But if you do buy a record, buy a Kiss album. No, buy Colton's. No, buy Colton's too. Yeah, buy, buy something from Colton if he has if he has an album out. Buy it. Buy it. Yeah. Or, I mean, you could buy some Smoke Break shit. I yeah, mean, buy some Smoke Break shit, too. Yeah, yeah, Smoke Break has a couple albums out. Buy, buy their stuff. Anything from Cutthroat Productions. Oh, yeah, Cutthroat's good. Cutthroat Productions is a lot of fun. How many other musicians we know? No, that's the only, that's no, that's yeah. the only ones. I just wanted to get them all out there. Well, eventually we will, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> we know other musicians, I, I know. Watch Green Jello Vision TV. Green, yeah, Green Jello Vision TV, it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's, a, it's on Facebook and YouTube and all over. Um, so Ernest, Bill goes, Manspeaker, Bill Manspeaker's awesome. He's an amazing guy. Glad he's feeling better. Me too. I think he well, he, ended, he got sick. Yeah, and then he 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 got COVID. Oh, he does have yeah. Yeah, he's got COVID. Yeah. I don't know if he'll still have it when this airs, but he might. But you know, what, Bill, I don't know if you listen to the show or not, but feel better. Yeah, I'm glad that your your medical uh, your medical thing got taken care of. Uh, you know, the uh, little emergency you had, and uh, hope you feel better, buddy. The world would not be the same without you. No. No, and thank you for everything. Yes, sir. Because, you know, we would not know about the, the Three Little Pigs or Shitman or Two Hands on the Sam or any of the great characters you brought to yes. life. Yes. So, Ernest Goes to Jail in 1990. Did you watch that one? I watched that one. If I remember right, it was a guy who looked like him. He was like a bank robber or some something like that. Framed Ernest, took his place as the bumbling janitor or fool, whatever he was in this one. And Ernest had to go to jail. Well, he was a night custodian at the bank. So he robbed the bank. He dreamed one day he'd be a clerk. Yep. He's got a lot of dreams. Um, Big dreams. I mean, he made a mess, well, but he made a mess in the bank and got electrocuted and becomes magnetic. That's right. And, um... Dude has the weirdest superpowers. Yeah. So... Uh, he, uh, well, how the fuck does he? I don't understand. You know, the this. plot to this one is just terrible. Well, yeah, most of them are kind of rough. Um. So Ernest gets to tour the or he tours the jail and he's kidnapped by two inmates and he switches places with them. He doesn't know why he's in prison. He gets knocked out apparently and he. And, I don't know. 
They think he's like this mob, this mob boss or whatever the fuck the guy was. Yeah. And so, yeah, he gets thrown in jail. Um, he uh, gets sent to the electric chair. And with the electrocution, he's transformed into a superhuman with the ability to shoot lightning bolts from his hands now. Oh, shit. He shocks other uh, jail members. This is like Shocker. I love Shocker. Then he escapes prison and makes his way home to discover that his Pee Wee Herman-like decor is replaced by a slick lounge lizard style of decorating. He's been vandalized by Elvis, he says. (laughs) Oh, my God. He finds out that the guy that kidnapped him has assumed his identity and is in the process of robbing the bank. So, um... This is a very confusing... Uh, yeah. A lot of electrocutions, a lot of superpowers, and uh, mistaken identities, apparently. But he plays both characters. Yes. As he should. Uh, he should play every character. Everything. Tex Cobb was in this. Yeah, he was in the prison. Yeah. He plays a good prisoner. I, I like Tex Cobb. So, and then you mentioned Scared Stupid. I believe that is the next one in the series. And we just talked about that one. Yeah, and that was in 91. 93, Ernest Rides Again. I do not remember that. I don't remember anything past Scared Stupid. Your World as I See It is in 94. And I think he's just in it. It's not necessarily an Ernest movie. You you know who stole Ernest's look? Mike Rowe. (laughs) Yes, he did. He looks just like Ernest. He does. So does John Cena. Yeah, older John Cena looks like... Yeah. Um, Ernest Goes to School in 94 came out. Slam Dunk Ernest in 95. Ernest Goes to Africa in 97. And in 1998, the final installment, Ernest in the Army. I think he was just done at that point. Yeah. Um, And he... uh, he was in some other... I mean, he was an actor, and he was in some other stuff. He was in... He was in yeah, like, he was in Beverly Hillbillies, and... I mean, that's really the only thing I could think of. Well, let's see... Let's see what else he's done here. He was in Snowboard Academy. Never seen it. I didn't either. Um, oh, he's in Toy Story. Yeah, he did a voice... He did the voice oh, of the dog in yeah, Toy Story. He was the dog in Toy Story. Yeah. That's right. Spring, or whatever the hell his Slinky name. Dog. Slinky Dog. Yeah. And... What else was he in? He was in some other shit. Um, he was in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain with Hulk Hogan. Never seen that. I didn't even know that was a movie. No. Um, That's another guy who doesn't make really good movies. Hulk Hogan? Yeah. No. We'll, we'll discuss him. He was in the video for Hank Williams Jr.'s All My Rowdy Friends Are Coming Over Tonight. Oh, no shit. He was riding a, a bull being pulled by a rope. Oh, and then he was swimming in a pool with, with two girls. He co-hosted a New Year's Eve special on HBO with Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson. But I think his biggest role outside of Ernest was uh, Jed Clampett in 93's Beverly Hillbillies. That was a great movie. Yeah. But he, he was in a bunch of other stuff, too. Just little little characters. But Jim Barney. Ernest P. Worrell. Hey, Burn. Hey, Burn. Hey, Burn. So. 
anything else you want to talk about Ernest or no. Jim Varney or we covered a lot of that shit yeah I mean it was uh, I mean, not a lot of shit to talk, talk about today but we didn't really have a big discussion or shit we we didn't talk we didn't have a lot to talk about but we talked about a lot yeah I uh, just kind of a rambling way you know because all the stuff is stuff we wanted to cover but none of it would fit we couldn't talk for two hours about any of it Max Hedrum like by itself yeah Max Hedrum, there's no way, because it wasn't around that long. Ernest, I mean, once you talk about Ernest a little bit, you've basically said it all, because he was a very one-dimensional character. Yeah, he was. I mean... He was the same thing in everything he did. The the movies were basically the same. He's going to be... He's going to work some job. Yep. Um, some common job, like a janitor or a maintenance man or a taxi cab driver or bus driver. Something's going to happen. There's, he's going to be presented with a problem. He's going to bumble his way into it, bumble his way out of it. And become the hero. And become the hero. And have no clue how any of it happened. Mm. <laughs> Basically. That's the, if, if, if that, that, that's the formula for Ernest. Basically. Which, yeah. It worked. I mean, they made nine movies. So, uh, anything else we need to cover? No, I think that was it. All right. Um, give us a call. 669B Retro. Email us retropowerhour at gmail.com or use the uh, Anchor app and send us a little voice clip. Um, we'll be looking forward to hearing from uh, from our only fan, Mike Fantastic. Um, we uh, I love Mike's phone calls. Yeah, we, we, we will get our honey money here soon, I would hope. Um, because we haven't gotten our honey money yet. We haven't. Uh, Rex. The sooner the jeans was break, just to just to rack up the bill on just, Rex. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no jeans was break right here. I can't sing. I've got a long tongue. That's about it. And that was Gene Simmons. Thanks, Drex. Yeah, thank you for giving us Gene Simmons. And uh, I'm glad we didn't have all those technical issues this week. This week. So it means Rex paid up his bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, so when Rex doesn't pay his bill, he sends Ron Simmons after us, and that's terrifying. <laughs> That's absolutely terrifying. Damn. So, we're going to wrap it up for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Hour. I am Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Yeah, fuck. That's, you you got to go do that, you know what I mean? Know what I mean? You know what I mean? Know what I mean? Hey, burn. Hey, burn. 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 Hey, burn. See you, burn. Hey, burn.
place is dead, Bruno. I'm out of here. Lock up for me. Yeah, okay, Rock. Have a good night. Thank you.